This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced a global task force earlier this week to stop Yemen's Houthi rebels from attacking ships sailing through the Red Sea. Now, the Houthis, a rebel group that's been engaged in a civil war with Yemen's government for more than a decade now, have been primarily attacking ships with links to Israel as a response to the Israel-Hamas war. Though they have also targeted international ships sailing past Yemen without any direct links to Israel. These attacks have not resulted in any deaths and no ships have been sunk yet, but more shipping firms are choosing to not take the risk. Six of the largest shipping companies on the planet have announced they'll stop using the Red Sea route, which will impact global trade. Attempts to broker another hostage release are at a standstill. Israel has vowed to bombard Gaza until Hamas is wiped out, and Hamas insists no hostages will be released without a complete stop to the war. Hundreds rallied in support of the Palestinian people Thursday by Bryant Park, calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. They were met by counter-protesters waving the Israeli flag. Until Hamas surrenders or is entirely defeated, the Israeli army cannot stop fighting. The two sides stopping traffic at times, their passion and heartbreak palpable as the death toll mounts overseas. President Biden is sending top officials, including the secretaries of state and homeland security, to meet with Mexico's president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, in the coming days about this worsening migrant crisis along the southern border. More than 10,000 migrants a day have been processed every day this week along that U.S.-Mexico border. New York City's teachers union suing the Adams administration to stop the planned budget cuts to public schools. The United Federation of Teachers accusing the city of illegally reducing its contribution to city public schools as the state increased education funding. Mayor Adams says the city was forced to make the cuts to deal with the skyrocketing cost of dealing with asylum seekers. Sue claims that cost is an unverified estimate. When we need to court to determine what the next steps forward are, uh, we will go, uh, have to go to court and do that. So we should not mix up a point of disagreement with the point that we both want what's best for the city. And yet we continue to see numbers that there is no documentation and everything that we know that we have already spent on the asylum seekers does not ever come close to saying that the schools should have any sort of cut. In Yamamoto, what are the Dodgers getting in this picture? The Dodgers, Scott, are getting a an anomaly. Uh, you know, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is five foot ten and one hundred seventy six pounds and throws right handed. And generally, when you have those physical characteristics, you're talking about a guy who sort of nibbles on the edges. No, Yamamoto is a power pitcher in the making of Pedro Martinez and Tim Lincecum and other small guys who know how to impart power on the baseball. And, you know, he doesn't lift weights. He, he throws around mini soccer balls and mini javelins and does stretching and yoga and breathing. But he has somehow figured out how to perfect his body to throw a baseball at exceptional speeds up to 99 miles per hour with a split finger fastball that is otherworldly and a curveball that drops five and a half feet. 
So what the Dodgers have gotten, quite simply, is probably one of the 10 best pitchers in the world. And it costs them $325 million to do it, but that is $325 in an offseason where they've already spent $700 million on Shohei Otani and another $136 million on Tyler Glasnow. This is the Dodgers, Scott, assembling the Avengers and putting together the super team they hope to end all super teams in Los Angeles. I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here. Tell me you love me and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely. And it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. The iconic final scene in one of my favorite movies of all time, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, When Harry Met Sally. New Year's Eve, and, well, this is it for us, folks. That's it. In about um, three hours and 50 minutes, I'm going to scream the word peace (laughs) for the last time in 2023, and... This merry band of men, me and Lewis and Justin, Noam and, and others, will ride off into the sunset until January 2nd of 2024. So, if it seems a bit early for all Lang Syne, being that we haven't even celebrated Christmas yet, you have to realize that this show today encompasses both your Merry Christmas and your Happy New Year, because we gone. And I need it. This car is out of gas. <laughs> I, I'm tired. I really am. I can see how you're walking around. I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. I'm dead. Um, you know, listen, I give a lot. I give a lot. And um, it doesn't always come with reward. I, you know, I get plenty of aggravation. I really do. Plenty of aggravation and nonsense. But that's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't trade this job for any other job in the world. I love WABC. You guys know that? You know, when I come back in January, I come back January 2nd, 24 days after that, January 26th, I'll be celebrating eight years 
back in New York at WABC. That is unbelievable. I've been doing this now for 26 years. Also unbelievable. 26 years doing radio. I've never lasted more than four years or five years at one job, including the epic stay in the early 2000s at WFAN. This is going on eight. Came here to do middays with Bernard, God rest his soul. They pushed Imus out, gave me and Bernie the morning show. I've lost Bernie since. And we've been doing this now for the better part of 15 months. And by far, by far, enjoying the most success any show at this station has had maybe forever. Certainly back to the days of Bob Grant. So we um, we have no remorse. We do things our way. We're proud of the work we do here every morning. And we're looking forward to a, a great 2024. Look, I was talking to somebody a couple days ago, and they said to me, well, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? I said, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think San Francisco is probably the best team in the NFC. Well, I know they are. You don't know what happens. The playoffs come, and, you know, it's a whole new season. But the Niners are the best team in the NFC. And the AFC, I think, is still a work in progress. Kansas City is going to be dangerous because they've won Super Bowls with Mahomes. And uh, you got Buffalo playing their best football of the season. And Baltimore, who's got the best record in the conference with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. I say, you know what's funny is, as much as I love sports and I still talk sports. In fact, I was told last night by Danielle that I've done a couple of TikTok videos from Mike Dodino on sports. And those receive far and away, it's not even close, the most views of anything we do with WABC. I did something with Tommy DeVito's father, the quarterback of the Giants. It's got a million views, a million on TikTok. Danielle told me that last night. So, I mean, what's funny is, while I still do sports, and I can go to FAN tomorrow and do a show as good as anybody there, anybody there, Obviously, that's not our focus here. We do politics. And our Super Bowl is not going to be the Ravens and the 49ers or the Eagles and the Chiefs. Our Super Bowl is going to be in 2024, the end of the year in November, when Donald Trump goes up against probably Joe Biden in what everybody is saying, including Bill O'Reilly just yesterday, the election of our lifetime. That's our Super Bowl. So we got a big year coming up. But that ain't until next year. So I know this, when we leave at 10 o'clock this morning, 11 days of nothing, a lot of college football. I love the bowl season. I love New Year's Day. Got those four great football teams and Michigan and Alabama. That's a big game. And Texas going to play. Well, I forgot already. Who was Texas playing? Michigan takes on Alabama. Oh, Texas takes on Washington. Yeah, of course. For the right to play for the NCAA championship game, which will be back before that. But all these bowls are great. We started week 16 of the NFL last night. We're winding it down. The Rangers playing great hockey. 
Me and Gabriel will be at the Madison Square Garden tomorrow night to watch the Rangers take on the Buffalo Sabres. The Knicks, I just saw them play two nights ago in Brooklyn. They blew out the Nets. They look pretty good. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of sports stuff. My family and I are going to go away for a couple of days. Nowhere far, New Jersey. We love the Crystal Springs Resort. We'll do that. We have a bunch of uh, other shows and dinners and Ava's in town, my daughter. And it's going to be a time to just relax and reflect and figure out how to keep this locomotive baby running in 2024. We don't want to slow down here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I was starting to think it was like we were getting a funeral ready the last couple of days. You kept yeah. like counting down to. I know. I thought we were just going to slam the lid on ourselves. Well, I mean, there was there's always oh a chance. And... I could have come on this morning and said thank you for the memories. Uh, eight years is uh, long enough, and um, I look forward to doing mornings at, you know, WIOD in Palm Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could easily happen. I've been so upset with this city and. The way it's run, and but that's not the case. We're very much looking forward to another great year at WABC. In fact, the man, John Katsimatidis, and I say a lot of nice things about John and Margo, and a lot of you folks, you know, are quick to point out, ah, Sid sucks up to the boss. You guys are so stupid, it makes my hair hurt, and I'm bald. It does nothing for me, nothing. I'm under contract. If I say a nice thing about John or a bad thing about John, it doesn't change my life at all, other than come upstairs because we don't like when you say this. Tired of that, too, by the way. God, I'm tired of that. <laughs> Jesus. It's a, stu- it's a radio show. My God. It's a radio show. I'm here to entertain, provoke thought, compel interest, bring people back. Uh, said, uh, right, don't you, don't uh, say that, Sid. I mean, because, you know, cause, yeah. We need you to come upstairs. I mean, come for, on. Uh, just a couple. So of I need a vacation. That's the bottom line. <laughs> I need. I need to just disappear for about eleven days and come back. And uh, not that we didn't kick ass uh, this uh, this month. This was an amazing month for sitting friends in the morning. But the damn cycle is so depressing. You know, between Israel and the hostages and Eric Adams, his nonsense. I think he uh, pointed out yesterday the mayor. I swear to God he did, that basically what he ran on is what you got. In fact, let's play this cut, Lewis, Mm. and we'll get to our big night coming up next segment. This is uh, the mayor, Eric Adams. This is cut number 11, basically saying, what are you disappointed about? Number 11. Jobs are up. Crime is down. That is what I ran on, promised, and committed. There you have it. So what are you bitching about? Jobs are up, crime is down. That's what he said he was going to do. He's done it. What are you bitching about, Lewis? I missed something. What'd you miss? Uh, He said it. Well, the whole sentence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, he's great with this. You know, um, John and Rita had him on the other day. They did not bring up the 9-11 comment, as far as I know. I would have hammered him over that, hammered him, because that was the news this week. Migrants, old news already. My God, anybody else sick and tired of hearing Eric Adams and his excuses and the two words federal government? But to actually include 9-11 in your year-end speech about 2023 was so stupid and hurtful, there is no explanation, there is no excuse. But he came back the next day, and he was angry. 
He was offended that we were offended. So yesterday, once again, as he talked about closing out 2023, which whether he's going to say it or not, I'm going to say it for my friend. It was a brutal year, brutal. As bad as any bad year de Blasio ever had. Year two for Eric Adams was a nightmare, a nightmare. If he says different, he's lying. But here he is uh, talking about how, you know, listen, I have my supporters and my detractors. Here's the mayor, Lewis, cut number 10. But in 2024, our administration will continue to build on these historic wins. You know, I could walk down the block. Uh, some give me the thumbs up and other give me another finger, you know. <laughs> Funny. But that's New Yorkers. That's New Yorkers. So, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what uh, was, what this next year does for New Yorkers and uh, where we're going to be here in 2024 when we have that last show and see if there's any difference at the year number three of the Eric Adams rule here in New York. So we had a, uh, a great night last night, me and Lewis. And before I get into specifics and thanking all the people that made this night great, and I do apologize to Bo Dito. We missed Bo's Christmas party because I was being honored last night. Couldn't be late, couldn't miss it. I wanted to do both. I couldn't do it, just not possible. With the traffic in the city last night, I mean, we left my house in Bell Harbor in Rockaway Danielle, myself, and Levi at about 5 o'clock. And I got to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel at 7, 30 minutes late. So there was no way I could have done both. So I hope Bo had a great party. But this was a magnificent event. I've now done it two years in a row. Stephen Van Zant, little Stephen from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, and, of course, that great character, Silvio Dante in The Sopranos, as well as Lillehammer, puts on this uh, ball every year and raises a lot of money. He's raised millions and millions of dollars, arms wide open, other programs taking care of cops and cops' families who have been killed. Great speech last night from my dear friend Paul DiGiacomo, who uh, is the president of the DEA. You know that little prick? That uh, is on this station. What a little asshole. He does the other podcast. He's a cop. Stand and something. No. <laughs> yes. This guy, first of all, stop saying bad things about Bowie's my friend. If you don't like him, so what? He's a better cop than you ever could have been. And then last night he's bothering me about the DEA. You know, you keep saying Detective Endowment Agency. It's association. Shut up. My God. Paul DiGiacomo <laughs> loves me like a son. They gave me an award this year. They gave me an award. Mentioned me twice on stage last night, and this idiot, this idiot who had the balls to come to me and say, hey, another Boas guy, you can put me on the show now, not over my dead body. <laughs> what are you, nuts? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, the uh, night had some low moments. Yeah, it did, so, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple. But Giacomo made this uh, really beautiful speech last oh, night. Unbelievable. And, unbelievable. and uh, Van Zant and, and Kevin Schroeder are the guys that uh, that put this event together. And it's a great event, and it's, um, you know, the mu- the food is great. The music is unbelievable, from Mighty Max Weinberg to Gary U.S. Bonds. Uh, right or wrong, though, was that Un- unbelievable? Yeah, unbelievable for yeah. A, a night like that. I mean, Max Weinberg's uh, orchestra, it, just a great, with various singers, 
and ending with Gary U.S. Bonds, who uh, just... Well, they actually ended with uh, Killer Joe. Oh, right, right. That was even later. Uh, yes. A lot of us didn't make it to that part. Yeah, I would, I would have passed out on the floor. Yeah, no, it was getting too late. We got to be very early in the morning, so... Uh, but uh, I was... I waited to see Ron Duguay and Sarah Palin, who looked beautiful. Uh, they left first. Once Duguay and Palin left, I knew I could leave. And I did. So we got a, a great guest list... Popping up on our very last show of 2023 today. Boy, this guy was great with us all year long, Curtis Sliwa. One of the best decisions I ever made in radio was to put Curtis on five days a week. He did not disappoint all year. Curtis will be here at 710. Andrew Giuliani, he'll stop by at 740. The man himself, responsible for the resurgence and the greatness here at WABC. My dear friend John Katsimatidis, he'll be here at 815. The best defense attorney in the world, including Trump's attorney, Joe Takapina, he'll be here at 840. And news on the acting front. It'll be a big year for me, 2024 in Hollywood. My dear friend, the great actor, writer, director, producer, Danny A., He'll be here at 9.30. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. The very last sitting friends in the morning show of 2023. Stick around, folks. Brian Kilmeade comes your way at 10. Friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. <laughs> it's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time it is? all been good and practicing real hard yeah clients you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now so santa bring you a new saxophone right everybody out there been good or what oh that's not many not many you guys in trouble out here (laughs) and you better watch out you better not cry you better not bow i'm telling you why say
Street Band. Santa's coming to town, baby. Monday, 72 hours, and Santa will be coming to town. I did uh, just add one more guest to today's last show's guest list, which again includes Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, Joe Takapina, and Danny A. A lot of you folks have been asking about my mom. How my girl Naomi doing? And uh, she's doing fine. You know, she splits her time right about now between Florida and uh, and New York. Uh, but uh, she has not been on the show for a couple of weeks, my mom. That doesn't mean that she doesn't remain as opinionated as ever. So I'm going to get Naomi on the program today. I mean, it is our last show of 2023, and I feel like she's every bit as popular as I am. So Naomi going to hop on in the 9 o'clock hour, 9.15, right before Danny A. All you guys have been asking, where's your mom, where's your mom, where's your mom? Well, you got her. Also, you know, I do a lot of events, and Danielle goes to a lot of events with me, a lot. But not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, she does not like taking pictures, even though, and I'm not just saying this because I'm her husband, even though every event I go to, she's the prettiest girl in the room. She just is still, still been that way since I've known her for 32 years. And uh, she looked gorgeous last night. But last night she was um, a little more in the picture-taking mode. In fact, we grabbed one shot at the bottom of my staircase at home that Ava took of Mommy and Daddy. And you can see that right now on Instagram. I compel you folks to follow me on Instagram every day, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Facebook, Sid Rosenberg is a great shot of me and Danielle. And throughout the night, she had great pictures with Stephen Van Zandt, as I did. Our table was great. You had Mike and Donna Sullivan, and everybody loves Mike Sullivan. All the Sullivan brothers, Breezy Point, Brennan and Carr. Avenue U in Brooklyn. Mike Sullivan is a legitimate legend. He's a legend. Breezy Point in Brooklyn. He is. The whole family is. And he's a wonderful guy. And what I did last night would not have been possible without Mike. I've been friends with Mike Sullivan now for 47 years. As long as I've been friends with Joseph Tacopina, that's how long I've been friendly with Mike and his beautiful wife, Donna. So our table was Mike and Donna, Sid and Danielle, Keith, who is a friend of Brian Williams, that's a MSNBC anchor, Brian Williams, who, of course, he and I could not differ any more than we do when it comes to politics, but put Brian Williams at a table, at a fundraiser, and he's a sweet guy. Very, Very nice. sweet guy. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. And he goes on TV, he talks about Trump, I want to punch him across the face. But again, put him in a social setting. He's a handsome man, too, by the way. Put him in a social setting. He's very sweet. He was there last night. He's very close with Stephen Van Zandt, the man. And then sitting to Stephen's left is a guy I just didn't recognize. Turns out he's the very famous host of his own show, and now the price is right, Drew Carey, who turned out to be uh, maybe the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. He's a, a great person. Right? Yeah, he is a great person. And I, I've loved him now for a f- number of years because he does a show on Little Steven's uh, Underground Garage channel. Which I didn't know. He actually was kind of the MC. When I say MC, he made one little speech. He's very kind to me and Ron Duguay. But he said, he goes, listen, you know, I, uh, Friday nights, 
on Little Steven's Underground Garage. I've been hosting a show for a long time, and he said he loves it, and I guess that's how those guys became friends. I don't even know, but, man, is he a super guy. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. And now I finally meet him after listening to him and watching him yeah. host the show for a while. The Price is Right. And it's it's very it's it's great to you know see how great a person it is when you meet the people. Little Steven, no, it's great. Little Steven is a, a phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, he's so nice. It, and you fun. guys were so cute. And again, I first time I met Little Steven, I told this story last night was at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino down in Hollywood, Florida, with Jim Allen, and it was for the Sopranos last episode. Folks who don't know this. The very last episode of The Sopranos, somehow Jim Allen was able to get the whole cast down to Hollywood, Florida. And we had this huge ballroom at the hotel. Very expensive dinner. I think like $1,000 a plate. But, of course, I'm friends with all these guys, so I went for free. At the time, I was living in Florida. And my table, I remember very well, was Bernie Kozar, Dan Marino, a guy named John Ratzenberger, who played Cliff Clavin. Cliffy. Uh, yep. Um... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Clemens. Clarence Clemens. He was at my table. It was a great table. And there they were on a stage. Literally, Jim Gandolfini, Michael Imperioli, Stephen Van Zandt, Stephen Sharippa, all of them. You know, uh, Edie and, uh, Edie and Lorraine, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And then they, uh, they're all sitting on stage and they make an announcement when the show is over and dinner is over. Feel free to come up and get pictures and autographs. And they shut the lights and they showed the last episode. Wow. And then everybody had a chance to take pictures and get autographs. And afterwards, there was a private party. Private party, which I was invited to, thanks to Mike Sullivan and Gandolfini and all those folks were there. And uh, that's when I got to really meet Van Zant. And Van Zant said, hey, tomorrow, come by the pool. He's got a cabana at the Hard Rock. <laughs> and uh, you and Bernie, I want to talk about this education curriculum I'm trying to do, which includes music across schools around the country. So the very next day, 90 and sunny, me and Bernie make our way, Bernie Kozar, to Hollywood uh, Hard Rock Hotel, and we hang out with Stephen Benzant all day, all day. Unbelievable. And that night, we all took limos because Danny DeVito had just bought a restaurant in Miami, and that night was his grand opening. And so we all hopped in limos that night, the whole cast, except for Gandolfini, because he was pissed. He thought the last episode sucked. He was angry it went to black. He ruined his hotel room and flew home early. That's You're a true story. Is it re really? Over the years before he died, he came to appreciate what David Chase did. But initially, he was pissed. I, I never heard that. Hated it. Oh. So he went home, but the rest of the cast, we went to this Danny DeVito restaurant. Danny was terrific, mind you. In fact, um, Johnny Ventimiglia, he had the hots for my wife that night. Marty Bucco. And um, we had a great time, and, and, and we forged this friendship. And 23 years later, here we are, still good buddies. I mean, again, much like uh, Brian Williams, polar opposites when it comes to politics. I'm a Trump guy. He hates Trump. I'm a Republican. He hates Republicans. But it didn't matter last night. And to watch your faces, Lou, you and your girlfriend, MJ, when you met him. Oh, she... You were, both out. of you were like teenage girls. Freaked out. Yeah, him as Drew, is, uh, for, in particular, I, I don't know what, because I've been listening to him for a while, and he is one of the good voices doing 
uh, rock and roll right now. He just he has a great style and he plays a good mix of what's old, what started in music and stuff from today. And he just he gives you the years. He gives you what was going on. And he does. I told him last night, I said, did you start as a DJ in Cleveland? Because you have that feel to you. And he shook his head. He goes, no, 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 no. I've started since I got together with little Steven and he let me gave me this uh, platform and uh, I'm enjoying it. And he's just so happy. And he was appreciative that I listened to the show and love the show and MJ awesome. loves it. And he's just yeah. like, thanks for really liking the show, man. I love that. And it's great to see, man. And he deserves it. He's really good. He's a talented guy. Very like talented him. guy. Yeah. And then um, it was also nice to see last night, former NYPD commissioner, because I didn't tell the mayor did not show up. Eric Adams, neither did the current commissioner, Eddie Caban, but uh, Keyshawn Sewell, who now works for Steve Cohen and the New York Mets. And I love her. Remember when she left the office, she actually had one of her guys drop off the official commissioner couplings, gold and green here at the station. I've only worn them twice. She was very, very nice to me. And I love her. I really do. She was there last night. There's a nice picture of me and her together, too. And uh, she got a great job again, like I said, with the Mets. All in all, it was a uh, a really great crowd. And uh, all these cops, and I feel badly, I don't remember all their names, but uh, they were all so nice, all of them, men, women. And you can see <laughs> that they really appreciate what we do here. You know, they say, Sid Rosenberg, he backs the blue. And everybody says that. Then Paul DiGiacomo gave me an award this year at the DEA dinner. My dear friend Louis Spagnola, Dolores' brother, he uh, has a beautiful award for me in Patterson, New Jersey. Then uh, you combine that with last night, I got a very nice award for, quote-unquote, backing the blue. And these people are really, really enthusiastic when it comes to, to meeting me and talking about the show. In fact, when we got home last night, Ava was still up. And she said, Mommy, Daddy, how'd it go tonight? And Danielle, you know, Danielle is is tough when it comes to putting on a lot of, uh, you know, uh, compliments, you know. And she goes, well, Ava, I got to tell you, if your daddy wanted to start a cult, I think he can do it. Now, Danielle doesn't talk like that. <laughs> She's usually the person to go, oh, Sid, please stop and up and up and up. You're well-known. You're not famous. You know, her and Gabe love taking shots. And she said last night, she goes, if your daddy wanted to start a cult, I think he can do it. And you saw that last night, how enthusiastic people were. Yeah, I I believe it. I mean, cops coming up to you, and uh, I'm going to the men's room, and they start me like, (laughs) in tears. really love the show. In tears. You guys entertained me. And I went, what do you, and one person, I forgot his name, who drives a corrections bus taking prisoners up, and I went, you're really doing the work, brother. Are you kidding? You are doing dangerous work and keeping people safe. That's re- a real job. Like, no, you just – and you just went right back to the show. Like, yeah. oh, you're entertaining yeah. me. You know, it's, yeah. Everything's great. It's funny. So thank you. I, like, is it – are you kidding? What is – has Sid given everybody a pill or something? <laughs> I don't know. Are they just going to walk into, like, yeah. a canyon with them? No, it's true. I mean, and look, and I got to give John and Margo some of the credit for this. I'm being honest because, you know, I take shots, too. That's what I do. But I've always been – 
pro-police. I told the story when I spoke last night, and Mike Sullivan sent me a beautiful text this morning. He said that they were saying after the event, when everybody else went home, that Sid's speech tonight was the best in the nine-year history of the event. And I never thought that was the case, but fine. That's very, very sweet. May or may not be true. I don't know. I thought Ron Duguay was great last night. But at any rate, I did mention at the very beginning of the speech, I was 20, two months away from my 21st birthday. And I remember walking into my parents' bedroom, my late father Harvey and my mom Naomi, 2216 Quentin Road in Brooklyn. And they were somber, and they were watching TV, and so what's going on, guys? And um, there was a picture of a cop, and his name was Edward Byrne. And Edward Byrne was uh, sitting in his patrol car outside a witness's house, Queen's apartment. And some animal, as part of the initiation, walked outside and killed him. And at the time, I was about 20. I was two months away from my 21st birthday, and he was 22. It was 1988. And I remember I started to cry. I didn't know Ed Byrne, never met him, but it really hit me. I went down to Florida, broke down in Miami, a guy named Chris Rica, a sergeant, never met him. He was murdered inside of Walgreens in Pompano Beach. And I found myself the next day in Sunrise, where Vinnie Viola's Florida Panthers play their home games, sitting with 10,000 people saying goodbye to Chris. And I remember my producer said, you didn't even know him. I said, no, I did. I feel like I know all these cops, whether it's Lou and Rivera, who were murdered by that animal out of Baltimore, and Bedford Stuyvesant. And you guys remember just a couple of years ago in Harlem, when Moya and uh, maybe Rivera, uh, I get confused, but those two cops were murdered in Harlem. And what did I do? I went to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. You remember this, guys. Thanks to uh, Joe Esposito. My, by the way, prayers to my friend, the former chief of police, Joe Esposito. Not doing great. I had another surgery last week, so I do want to send my prayers to Joe. But Joe got me in, and I sat there in St. Patrick's Cathedral. That was Mora and Rivera, Mora and Rivera. And back in Brooklyn, it was Ramos and Lou. And I didn't know those guys. But I did. Every cop that goes out there on these streets, man and or woman, whether it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Miami, anywhere around this country, that is willing to put their life on the line, which is what they do every day for complete strangers. They don't know you. But I'll tell you this, Colin Kaepernick, you racist prick. When your window breaks at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're not going to call your teammate with the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to call the cops. And guess what? They're going to show up and help you even though, even though you've demonized them for years. So when one of these folks die, it is personal for me. And uh, John and Margo do a great job with the PAL and all these police, and we have a great year at this station every year, a great day every year. And they really renewed what I already had, like I said, going to Rika's funeral in Miami over a decade ago. So I do thank them, too. But um, I love these people. I really do. And given an opportunity to go to any event I go, let alone receive an award. You know, I'll wrap it up with this. I'm getting a lot of attention the last couple of months for being pro-police and pro-Israel. 
And I said to Danielle, I said, I don't get it. I appreciate all of it, but what's the big deal? Like, how could you not be? Like, wait, there's anti-police? We know that's true. Wait, there's there's pro-Hamas? We know that's true. It seems odd to me that I'm celebrated all over town for being pro-cop and pro-Israel. Shouldn't everybody be? Shouldn't everybody be? Back after this. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete uh, Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. Week 16 in the NFL kicked off last night on Thursday Night Football. Matty Stafford passed for 328 yards and two touchdowns. Rookie Puka Nakua had nine catches for a career-high 164 yards and a score strengthening his uh, potential Rookie of the Year case. And the Rams surged forward in the race for a postseason berth with a 30-22 victory over the New Orleans Saints. The Rams are above 500 for the first time since week one after sitting at 3-6 and six in their bye week last month. They've also jumped past Minnesota and moved to sixth in the NFC standings in its bid to secure a wild card playoff spot. Locally this Christmas Eve weekend, the 5-9 and nine Jets will welcome in the 4-10 and 10 Washington Commanders at 1 p.m. on Sunday as three-point favorites. On Christmas Day, that's Monday, the 5-9 and nine Giants will be in Philadelphia at 4.30 p.m. to kick off with the Eagles. Philly currently stands as 13.5-point favorites for that one. On the ice last night, the Devils were the only local squad in action, falling to the Edmonton Oilers 6-3 at home in Newark. Dawson Mercer, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Timo Meyer scored for the Devils, who lost their third straight after winning 8 of 10. Tonight, we've got Rangers hockey to look forward to with New York getting set to welcome in the aforementioned Oilers for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. No local action last night on the hardwood, but the Nets will be back out there tonight at the Barclays Center. They'll welcome in the Denver Nuggets for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. And out of the world of baseball, Japanese star Yoshinobu Yamamoto and the Los Angeles Dodgers are in agreement on a 12-year, $325 million contract. Sources did tell ESPN yesterday, ending a frenzied free agency with the largest deal for a pitcher in years and value in Major League Baseball history. The deal pushed the Dodgers' free agents spending this winter to more than $1 billion following the 10-year, $700 million contract they gave to Shohei Otani. Although he's only going to make $20 million of that over the next 10 years, he's deferred $680 million. But you're right, between Glasnow, Yamamoto, and Otani, they spend a billion, but they will not have to suffer that against the luxury tax the next couple of years. Indeed. But in the last two years of Yamamoto's deal, which probably won't be as productive as as some might want it to be, they're going to be paying a non-existent Shohei Otani $68 million both of those those years. But they're going to win a bunch of World Series, aren't they? They they better. They better, right? I mean, we were so excited about Juan Soto. No, you were. I'm a Met fan, but Juan Soto coming to the Yankees. But at least on paper, none of these games are played on paper. I get it. But on paper, the Dodgers are far and away the best team in baseball. I don't need Chris Russo, Brian Kenny, Joe Beningo, Mike Francesa, anybody to tell me that. Again, no guarantee you're going to win, but on paper? Yeah. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Otani, Yamamoto on the mound. It's ridiculous. They should win 125 games this year. They should at least break the record for longest winning streak in MLB. You know what I'm saying, Just (laughs) You son of a gun, look at you. Uh, yeah, look at me, I guess. But it's a little bit bitter for both the, for both New York local teams. They lost out in the bidding against the Dodgers there. That's sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I believe this is Jennifer Kearns or something like Whoa, that. Kearns? Warns. Warns, okay. Up Where We Belong, they use this song in the great movie, An Officer and a Gentleman. You know, talking about Up Where We Belong and joining my friend Bernard and my dad Harvey and my nana, all these wonderful folks that I've lost over the years. You look back at 2023, we lost some pretty good folks here. Just for example, in the entertainment industry, Matthew Perry died this year. This guy uh, really knocked you on your feet. I didn't even know who he was. Andre Brower. I know he was in 911. He didn't knock me off my feet. I just saw him. Well, you seemed upset. I wasn't all that upset about it. I didn't know him. I I thought you guys hung out on a semi-regular basis. I mean, mean, Matthew Perry's a huge name. Uh, Tina Turner died this year. Yes. Harry Belafonte died this year. Uh, Raquel Welch. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. In fact, they're about to name a street after Tony Bennett in the story of Queens. Are they calling it uh, 9-11 Boulevard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Lisa Marie Presley uh, died this year. There are others. I don't have the whole list. They, uh, none. Get the list, Justin, so before the end of the show, we can pay homage to all the great people that died. Sinead O'Connor. Oh, Sinead O'Connor died. That's right. Gordon, Who else you got there? Anybody else? Uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, you know I love Gordon Lightfoot. Right. That's I, I just. If have you a could read my mind, uh, yeah, sing a little what bit. What a tale, my thoughts could tell. Nice. Thank you. I do want to send a uh, shout out to uh, Rami Chin. She's a very very cool police officer, and uh, she was uh, with me the whole day when Danielle ran the marathon. She ran for the cops this year, and uh, that's uh, my buddy uh, Tom Biggers. So uh, Ramel Chin, she's a huge fan of this show, never misses it. And also talking about the cops out there in Nassau County, Colleen Smith, who also loves this program. I mean, everybody does. Come on. It's a cult. I said to uh, Noam, I said, when I get back here January 2nd, if I don't see a statue outside this building of me, I'm going to be very, very upset. Oh, there goes Sid again. Oh, it's all about Sid. It's all about Sid. It's all about Sid. Well, I think he'll be right next to the Andre Brower statue. Told him uh, I'll light this damn place on fire when I leave today. 
Put somebody else on in the mornings and see the station have the success you've had the last year. Good luck with that. Not all about Sid, but a lot about me. No? At least you're not going out 2023 on a bitter note. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, No, you're happy. I am very happy. My family is healthy. My daughter is um, having a great second year at the university. I'm so proud of Gabe. My wife is gorgeous and brilliant. I work with some beautiful people. I've got a great job. I love my bosses. I just have no patience for nonsense. Like, don't worry about the little things and, and you know, nitpick about garbage. I can't stand that. You know, I've, I've always been like that, Lewis. I, I know that, and I know I why. I used to tell I to go F himself all the time because he would nitpick over nonsense. <laughs> Keep your eye on the ball, the big picture. Exactly. That's all I care about. And you're right on it, yes. It seems to me, You don't me, have to patronize though. me. You got your, your bonus already, so be quiet. God. No, I Jesus. wasn't. I was about to say, yeah. on the two sides of your ledger, it all, it always seems like these nitpicking things that drive you crazy yeah. are so much bigger than the other side of which you are grateful well, for. Well, because that's, that's all you hear about. It's like the media. They don't tell you about all the great things going on in the world today. They they harp and harp and harp on the negative stuff. Well, yeah, that would be, it would be boring yeah. otherwise. Like right. I said, I kind of joked around, but they should build a statue of me in this damn place. Okay, we're going to get to But we're not going to get to that. Here. But let me tell you something. If, if something happens that someone doesn't like, i got to hear about it for weeks. So I want all that to change in 2024. And you know, on the statue, they would have the list of things that they're not happy about. What God, you're doing right you. on there. So I'm upset I bought you last night now. Could have brought Noam. He loves little Stevie, too. So. Yeah, we had a great time. Maybe no, next year I'll bring you. I don't know. No, I doubt it. But. No one no left before the speeches. Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, I, I hear Sid every morning. i, I got to go. <laughs> All right. That's hour number one in the books. A great hour number one. And we got a great three hours about to come your way. Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, Joseph Takapina, Danny A., and a message from Mom, Naomi with a Happy New Year message coming up later on this morning. Hour number two, Sid and Friends, about to come your way. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Jobs are up. Crime is down. That is what I ran on, promised, and committed. Mayor Eric Adams contending yesterday that he ran on jobs. We got him. He ran on decreasing crime. We've done that. 
So what exactly are you guys bitching about? That lamp you heard in the background was Curtis. And um, I made a lot of decisions, as we all have, all have, in my life in 2023, family, business, personal. Most were good, some were awful, which is better for me because a lot of years most were awful and some were good. But one of the best decisions that I made, and I made it, I must tell you, when other people told me, including right here at this station, because I'm all about the truth, right here at the station said, don't do it, don't do it. And I decided to put Curtis Sliwa on five days a week because he's great. In a field that I believe is dying, I say this all the time, not to malign my brothers and sisters in radio, but there is not a lot of talent left. There's not. The good old days of radio are basically dead. They're dead. And there's about four or five people in this whole state that are special. And Curtis is one of those guys. And uh, he and I work very well together. And he comes every day armed with something. He's got tremendous enthusiasm. And most of his information is entirely accurate, which he must do, or John Katsimatidis has already put him on, on, on the line. So he does his own show, noon to one, every weekday. Rip and Weed gets very good ratings. There's a terrific overnight weekend show, two hostels like Murano does during the week. But I contend his best work is right here alongside me about this time every weekday morning. And again, the best business decision I made in 2023 was to make Curtis Sliwa a daily part of this radio show. So thank you for uh, for a great year, Curtis. Thank you very much. Well, you leave one part of it out. I was uh, sort of haunting you, whatever hotel that you were living in with the illegal aliens at that time, because your house had been flooded. Hey, shit, make it three, make it four, make it five mornings, until finally you said, enough already, all right, 7.05 every morning. <laughs> but to your point, Sid, and people out there need to know, that you talk about over-under, there were so many people that didn't even want me on for one day with you, never mind five days, a lot of people. And I was privy to their lobby. Let's let's start with Wrong Way Lou Rufino. Remember when you asked him? Oh, yeah, no, he was he was furious. He's and like, then, I, I got to deal with this guy at 12 o'clock, now yep. I got to deal with him again at 7. Yep, so he went thumbs down like Julius Caesar well, in the Coliseum. But, but, but just so you know, kind of yes, like me yes. and Trump. Yes. Because I voted against him in 2016. Now, Trump loves me. There's no bigger Trump guy. Just, you know, Lou, much like me and Trump, he has completely come around, and now he loves you on this show. Well, thank you. Yes. But I won't turn my back to Lou Rafino, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, you should. He'll put a shiv right in my <laughs> right in my kidney. And then there's Justin Ellick. Oh, my God. Remember you asked him, what should I do, Justin? Yeah. Thumbs down. Two thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah. Two thumbs down. Yeah. But everybody, I, even Bo Dito was like, why are you putting him on Everybody, five days a week? Yeah. everybody, from yeah. top to bottom. Dead, and no. every other day, <laughs> an army would march in here demanding that I retract what I said, yeah. apologize, a wounded knee, fire him, suspend well, him. Well, they were getting a lot of pressure from Ingrid and the folks at City Hall, so. Yeah, but well, not just from them. Oh, I know. From people in the business community, <laughs> Democrats, Republicans, yeah. out in Long Island, no matter where you look, whenever well, I broke news, yeah. well, people... Let me, let me explain something to yes. you. There was one day in your life where you were shot six times by five. a mobster. Like that, five. Five, five times. times. Okay. That wasn't an accident. Those bullets were not meant for somebody else. The only thing they screwed up that they was they didn't kill you. So you do understand that when you say that you pissed off City Hall, people upstairs, Democrats, Republicans, that's what you do. Now, for me, 
I love it because it makes for great radio. The rest of the day, I got to deal with, should we kill him? Should we not kill him? Should we kill, don't kill him? Don't kill him. So you want, you do this to yourself. You know that. You want, you do this to yourself. I always, no. I always walk on the tightrope. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's do. high noon for me. Every day I'm here at WABC. I have a, a gentleman's handshake with our owner operator, John Katsimatidis, who was getting a cauliflower ear from all of the complaints. He said, Curtis, very simply, you've been in this business a long time. You're wrong. You're gone. I said, that's fair. He did say that. That's fair. This is the most powerful radio station in the nation by day, the most powerful in the world at dusk. If I say, if I put out their misinformation, well, then I need to be gone. Because that's not right. If I've maligned people unfairly or just because I've, I well, wanted. Well you, well, you do do some of that, to be completely honest. But that's okay. Oh, wait, what shit. are you keeping a list here? What are no, you keeping I'm, a list I've here? I've got a list. And just remember. <laughs> I, 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 I thought, like, wrong, wrong way. Lou Rafino said early in the program this morning. It was like we were sitting shiver for you with Ahamant Thompson. Ahamantashian, it'll be time for reflection and rest. That's right. I said, what the hell is it, the end of your life, reflection and rest? Uh, I look at it that way. The year is over. You'll never get 2023 back. So to a certain extent, yes, the year is dead. Now, what can we do to improve 2024? Hold on a second. Now that you've decided to go in the time machine, right? Yeah. Let Let us remind all of our listeners here that uh, Sid Rosenberg was on the precipice of not being brought up from Florida. That's correct. They were going to leave you down there, the old cumulus. Uh, let me give all the names while we're doing this. Oh, my God. It'll Mary take a, like Berner an hour. And, uh, and uh, McVeigh and Milner and uh, Don Imus, Don they, Imus, they that prick. He didn't it. want me. And uh, Craig Schwab. Uh, there was a lot. And there were about five that did want me that included, most importantly, Chad Lopez. Thank you, Chad. Pete Morgan, Jill Vitale, Bernard McGurk, and go ahead, Curtis, say it. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, who burst into the room. The contract for Mike Lupico was on Chad Lopez's desk. He was wondering, should I sign it? Should I not sign it? Should I? I said, don't. This guy is going to be at his house in New Canaan in Connecticut. First off, he sucks as a radio talk show host. I've heard him on ESPN. He's horrible. Good writer, sports writer, but lousy on the radio. You hire him five days a week from New Canaan. And because Don Imus wants to finish your job at destroying the station, you can't do it. And Chad manned up, and he said, no, I'm going to take on the entire board of Cumulus, which he did. Could have meant that he was going to get jettisoned out. And thank God they made that decision to hook you and Bernie together in mid-mornings, taking over for the diva at that time. Remember, Geraldo Rivera. I remember, I remember they gave me Geraldo's office. We used to work uh, right upstairs from Madison Square Garden, 17th floor. And we had our own offices. It was actually a very nice setup. This is a much nicer place, much nicer building, much nicer area. Yeah, you're, less likely, you're less likely to get shanked right, right. here but, than but over had, there at Penn Station. Well, we had our own offices. I slept there occasionally. Yeah, we had yeah. TVs. And I walked into the office, and there were pictures all over the walls of a shirtless Geraldo Rivera. I'm like, what is going on in here? Narcissism. Yes. Uh, People call me a narcissist. There was like naked pictures of Geraldo all over my, my office. And he would, he would never be there. No, no. He would never be in his never. special office to broadcast. So they decided that's it. In fact, the CEO wanted his office, right? She's the CEO of the company. Yeah, she he goes, took it. damn no. <laughs> and guess what? He got shuttled out. You guys got brought in. And that 
That was the beginning of the comeback. And then once John and Margot purchased it for Red Apple Media, it's sort of like you turbocharged it. Turbo. So we are, we have to be grateful to you and Bernie and then you solo. So anything I can do every morning at 7.05, I know what my job is. I got to bring in breaking news. That's my job. And if everybody here at WABC would do their freaking job and actually listen to the station and know what the hell all the shows are talking about, we'd even be that much better. Second thing that you do besides that, which is part of your job, is, you know, there's actually a position, Lou and Bernie, uh, Bernie, sorry, I love you, buddy. Lou and Justin, I think you know this and know. There's a position, it's called the public advocate, and that is held by a guy named Jermani Williams. God help us if he gets any other political position the rest of his life. But his job is to keep the mayor in check. Well, Jermani doesn't do that. The only guy in this city that keeps the mayor in check is you. And I played that quote that he said yesterday. I ran on jobs. There are more jobs. I ran on decreasing crime. The numbers are down. So Eric Adams beating his chest yesterday. You were laughing when I played that cut. But yeah, well, there are more jobs. I see more illegal aliens in the train <laughs> selling, uh, you know, little drinks and candies and all kinds of potato chips, right? They're self-employed, right? Uh, there are more people coming in, right? Because all the people leaving Eric Adams, they have joined the exodus, and he had the goal to say yesterday, but new people are replacing them. Oh, yeah, they're paying their taxes? Well, you know, when they purchase a, a, an item, they're playing sales tax. You think that's going to sustain this city? What the hell is wrong with you? So when you look back at 2023, yes, year two of the Eric Adams... Uh, regime. It was year two. I made the point earlier that no matter what Eric says, and I, I like Eric. I've been over that a million times. I like him. But in terms of the job, his second year, which is about to end, thankfully for him in nine days, was about as bad as it gets. You can take any bad Bill de Blasio year, and this year, too, for Adams, in my opinion, not much better. Oh, you're not alone. Look, uh, Bill de Blasio didn't have the illegal aliens, the migrant issue. Eric Adams welcomed them in. Eric Adams told the world, we do it right. We'll teach you what a sanctuary city is. We'll cover them from the cradle to the grave. And then all of a sudden, no mas, no mas. Joe Biden, Schumer, Gillibrand, Hakeem Jeffries, with my friend Carl Hasty in the assembly, Stuart Cousins. These All these Democrats, they pimp-slapped them the other day in city council. He was only able to get nine votes. Out of that, six of them were Republican. And he never went out and campaigned for any moderate Democrats against the socialists. What you got to do, Eric, is you got to grow a pair and be the mayor. Stop the nightlife. Stop cutting the red, the uh, blue ribbons, giving out proclamations, dancing right now. Now, today, you know what he's doing? I'm having a discussion with the ethnic media. I really need to spend more time with the ethnic media. Hey! Jerky boy, stop raising flags of foreign countries down uh, downtown Manhattan every day. Stop with this nonsense that you can't answer questions and go out there and be the mayor. You wanted to be the mayor. You said you were going to be the mayor. Look at your numbers. 28%. No mayor has ever been lower in the polls. And that's mostly people of color. So let me get it straight, Eric Adams. Crime is down. Jobs are up. Then you heard him say, the reason people are leaving is all the rats. Well, what the hell? 
I would have been your rats off for free. I know how to get rid of the four-legged rats. And what you got to worry about, Eric Adams, is all the two-legged rats at City Hall who are eating the Parmesan cheese and talking to me and the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District and the Justice Department. That's what you better be worried about. Your two-legged rats at City Hall, and they're all listening right now. I got the I got the Parmesan cheese later on, guys. Give me some more information so I can start out the new year just deep-sixing the mayor who's destroyed our city. Respectfully, I say to thee, I'm aware that you're cheating, but no one makes me feel like you do. Side down, boy, you turn me WABC.
YouTube Classic New Year's Day on this, the very last Sitting Friends in the Morning show of 2023. That doesn't mean, of course, somebody won't be here next week. I know Curtis will be filling in, I think, every day. Maybe John Katzmatidis. John going to join me coming up at 8.15. Maybe Dominic Carter and maybe Andrew Giuliani. I don't know. Andrew's coming up next. But you know how I feel, folks. When I leave, I'm gone. There's a lot of guys in this business that are always worried about, well, who's filling in? You know why? Because they're nervous the filling may be better. True story. You know who was like that? Mike Francesa and Don Imus. Yeah, believe it or not, maybe the two biggest pillars in their respective industries were scared to death. There's a reason why Imus put on the people he did on Fridays. You know who they were. And people like Mike Gunzelman. Because the one week I filled in for him in July, going back uh, to the summer before he retired, he got more emails saying you should retire today and just let Sid take over. Do you know what he did? He came back from vacation that Monday. I swear to God. And he spent the first 10 minutes telling the listening audience how much I sucked. Because he knew we got a, a, a ton of emails that said, time to go now, I'm in, let Sid take over. So he spent 10 minutes Telling everybody how much I sucked. Why are you yelling? You too, Mike. Mike, Mike <laughs> once went to turn up and said, all these calls that are all calling Sid, telling him they miss him, come back to the fan. He set him up. I said, you're right, Mike. I set up three hours of phone calls. I mean. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold what, on. Who, what was, why is Sid doing? What, this is my I, show. Yeah. Hold you know, he did that. Sure. Uh, so I don't care who fills in. God bless him. I hope they all do very, very well. But. We're off until January 2nd, so we got about two hours and 15 more minutes before we wrap up 2023. You too, New Year's Day. Andrew Giuliani coming up next. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
George Michael, he died, um, well, you were just saying, now, when was that? He said he died on Christmas Day? Yeah, I remember I was at my friend's house during a Christmas party, actually, and, uh... And he died on that day? Somebody, it came up on somebody's phone. I think, oh, you know who told me? Gunzelman. Gunzelman! He texted me. Yeah. And said, George Michael died, dude. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was in the backyard of my friend's house in Long Island, and I, I went back in and announced it to people, like, and I, but we checked it. Everybody was checking and went, George yeah. Michael's dead. Yeah. He was pretty young. How old was uh, George Michael? He was young. Yeah. He was good, too. I liked him. Father yeah. Figure, great song. And 53. 53. I liked all the Wham stuff. I liked Wham a lot, actually. I liked his solo stuff. It was very good. Yeah, it was, was good. It was good. He was, he good. was a great performer. He was. Uh, Andrew Giuliani had a major role on this show in 2023 and has been really killing it. I mean, killing it on Fridays. So he's back today for the last time this year. My man, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, pal. How are you? Well, Sid, good morning to you and your audience. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I've i enjoyed being on the show with you here this year. And it's always it's always fun listening to the uh, trials and tribulations of Sid Rosen. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about trials and tribulations, and I know you love me. I know you do. But there's a guy out there you love a little more. And when you say the word trials, that becomes literal. And I'm talking about your dad. Now, your dad was on this show. I know you heard it two days ago. He's on every Tuesday. He is so honest, that son of a bitch. I feel horrible sometimes. I'm like, I'm like Rudy, just don't even answer these stupid questions. But he does. And he does it uh, without fear because he's the great New Yorker patriot that he is. So I decided not to cover that story out of Georgia when he lost. I didn't cover it. And I haven't mentioned once this morning, not once, and the news is running wild with this, that your dad filed for bankruptcy. But I saved all that because of you. You're his son. You love him. And I figure you can make a quick comment on it, and we can move on. So it's been a rough week for your father. Today they say he's filing for bankruptcy. What do you have to say about uh, this whole mess? I'll be very simple. History is going to prove Rudy Giuliani right. I don't know if it's going to take weeks, months, years, decades. But I think when you look what Rudy Giuliani has done, not just over the course of his lifetime, but over the last five years and what he's actually exposed, the truth that he spoke to power for power to now come back on Rudy Giuliani in this way. um, It just shows you that when we talk about, you know, communism being uh, a generation away or maybe an ocean away, uh, it's right in our front doorstep right now, Sid. And that's why over the next 10 and a half months, what everybody chooses to do, how you decide to participate, in this 2024 election could very well be the difference of our kids reading the critical race theory by or critical theory by uh, Karl Marx uh, as uh, civics or as actual Soviet history. So to me, that's how important this all is. But, you know, as a son, I'm extremely proud of my father. Uh, I think when you look at the lessons that he is showing to the nation, uh, to his children and to his granddaughter, um, this is somebody who is heroic, and this is somebody who, in history, will go down. You know the way uh, William Wallace may go down in some kind of ways because he has no problem actually exposing the real corruption in the United States in New York City, whether it be from this time prosecuting the mob or cleaning up New York and truly making a place that they thought was ungovernable. I mean. 
not just the, the you know the the blips in crime that we've seen right now, the increases in quality of life crime, which look, I think we're on the precipice of something much worse in New York City. But when you look at what actually happened in the late 80s and early 90s in New York, you're talking over 2,000 murders a year for five straight years. Who comes in? Rudy Giuliani. And it turns it into the – this is not just me, by the way. By the rankings, one of the safest couple of large cities in the country. That's what Rudy Giuliani is. That's what he's done, whether it's as mayor, whether it's as Donald Trump's lawyer, or whether it's as somebody who is pointing out the problems – with the 2020 election. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you have to sell me and your father. I agree with everything you just said. He is a hero. He's a great patriot. He's a great American. He has been unfairly persecuted because he's a Trump guy, you know. And um, that's uh, that's kind of the issue these days is that if, God forbid, you're loyal to Trump, they're going to come get you. I mean, you got attorneys who refuse to work for Donald Trump that love Donald Trump. I mean, look you got to be somewhere between naive and stupid or agenda-driven or biased not to know what the Colorado courts did this week was unconstitutional, un-American, and downright despicable. But yet, there are lawyers that won't go out there and defend Trump because they're afraid of the backlash. But that's one story. The other one is what I just said. What happened in Colorado this week, A, for the Democrats, it doesn't work. They indict them. Colorado blocks them. And he goes up in the polls. So they're being stupid. I mean, everything they do to try to kill him is not working. But B, what a horrible situation. What Colorado did, Andrew, I've never seen in my life. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it literally is telling the will of the people, you know, you don't matter. What you think doesn't matter at all. We're going to take matters into our own hands. And that's why I say that communism is on our front doorstep right now, looking at us right through the window. And in some places, it's actually inside the living room because it's not just a matter of the media. It's not just a matter of education being so blatantly leftist and illiberal. Now it's in our judiciary. When you look at the amount of lawyers, the amount of judges who have gone through law school, who have had, you know, I guess what you would consider uh, successful legal careers, but legal careers that got them into a place where they are now in judgeships. And you're seeing time and time again, whether it's in Colorado, whether it's in Washington, D.C., whether it's in New York, Los Angeles, you're seeing these judges that are actually political operatives. And this has really started under Obama, started under Eric Garner, when they actually ended up looking and saying, how can we... Eric Holder, yeah. Eric Holder, yeah. Right. Eric Garner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that guy. Eric Eric Holder, exactly. So um, anyway, it's just a... uh, It's it's very sad to see what happened. And, And I've... I've been in a lot of discussions in terms of how do you how do you get this back because I understand that there's a that there's a cancer that's I think somewhat metastasized in the United States of America and I know that there's a feeling at least in conservative circles that are really looking at this problem and trying to figure out that if Trump does get reelected again and you have the 1420 days issue that that Trump is going to have in office um, how do you actually work through these problems? that really can be generational problems or take a century to actually fix in those four years. And it's very difficult because there's this feeling to, hey, we need to just completely blow it up. We'll do to them to the other side what they do, they, what they do to us. And, and there is some of that answer where you have to come back and you have to come back hard and you need to make sure that any crime that they've committed, that they ultimately have to sit for those crimes. But the thing that's so important about this is, you need to make sure that you actually really 
And I know this is cliche. I know Trump says it all the time with draining the swamp. But you need to dismantle this bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., because I'm telling you, it is growing by the day, by the minute. And their their objections are anti-American, what we know as American, what we know as the free market, freedom of religion, First Amendment rights. They're anti-American and it needs to go. Well, the good news is when Donald Trump wins, and he will win, the Iowa caucus now just weeks away, no longer, nine months away, a year away, a lot of time. He's going to win that, and DeSantis is going to go home. And then, you know, I guess, um, what's her name? Nikki will stay around in New Hampshire because she'll do okay there. She'll lose, but she'll do okay. And this is all according to Bill O'Reilly. And then South Carolina comes, and it's over. Trump is your candidate, and then he's going to win. He's going to beat Biden. And that means that my friend Andrew Giuliani, like Donald Trump, back in the White House. I know there's a position just waiting for you, Drew. It can't be just playing golf every day with the guy. Well, look, you know, I, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. we got to make sure, first off, that, that, that that's an option, that he does win. And, that, and that's the most important thing, because if he doesn't, then it's a very different country. It's a very different world that, uh, that Grace and your kids and, and all of our kids out there grow up in. So, uh, you know, Well, I'll I, tell you this. I'm, you know what Danielle said to me last night? She goes... And, and again, you have to understand, Danielle was not a very big Trump fan. You know all this, Andrew. And now she's she's crazier than me. I mean, she's just nuts. Every two seconds, sending me stories about the left, the left, the left. She said to me last night, if Biden wins, we're moving back to Florida. Because the United States will be a disaster. But at least, at least, a DeSantis Republican-governed state will have some solace from the craziness. If Biden wins, you can't stay in New York. It's bad enough with Hochul and Adams. If he wins and Democrats have another four years of life, she's like, we got to go. You know what I said? Fine. Yeah, she's right. I mean, look, look at the proposals that are coming out of Albany. Look at the proposals that are coming down by Chamber Street here in City Hall and what they're actually trying to do. What, look what they've passed, where they're actually passing these veto-proof bills that have said cops basically can't go out and do their job. They're not going to be able to spend the time necessary to be able to go after the cripple, be proactive. Not that they've been proactive the last 10 years. Their hands have been tied behind their back. But this is just time and time and time again when you ultimately take out isolation measures in uh, the correction systems, then you're actually targeting those corrections officers that are working there, that are working hard. That, by the way, when somebody goes into isolation in this day and age in in a correction system, in a prison, you're not talking about, well, you know, they, they, might have, uh, they, they might have taken two library books instead of one library <laughs> book, so they're going to throw them in the hole for a day. Yeah. It's because they've got a shiv and they've tried to kill either a fellow inmate or somebody who's, yeah. uh, somebody who's actually uh, an officer there. So it's just crazy when you look at this. And now when you see the $60 billion tax hike that Albany is considering, uh, I have no doubt when you look at the makeup of that legislature that they're going to figure out a way to do an increasing tax hike here in New York. So, look, the answer is we're going to continue to tax New Yorkers out. We're going to continue to make their quality of life worse through these progressive proposals. Uh, And what's going to happen is the rest of the tax base is going to go. That's why I say right now, Sid, New York City, while it's gotten worse, it's gotten 20% worse from where it was at its low point. It's not not 100% worse, not 75%, it's 20% worse. But we're right on the precipice right now. The next 18 months to two years is going to be pivotal in the history of New York, whether this ultimately looks like a Lindsay term and you see crime starting to skyrocket, which I think it really could when you look at the fact that our officers are retiring, the ones that are there, their hands are increasingly tied. 
and the fact that a lot of our businesses, a lot of our tax base, they're leaving. Yep. What are the answers? Yep. What are the answers right now long term? I'll tell you who has the answers. Rudy Giuliani has the answers. He's had the answers. He, he came up with problems in the late 90s, came up with answers to these problems in the late 90s that are right there. They're right there for any mayor. They're right there for any city council to actually use them that wants to make New York a better place. And guess what? You don't like the terms stop and frisk? Okay, guess what? There are PR agencies that will out there that, that will help you rebrand them. But don't like our city going to the toilet like it has been. It's, it's, it's terrible. Well, we should have known when the mayor said that uh, Rudy Giuliani, no thanks. I want to go back to the David Tinkins days. I mean, you should have known right there. We were in for a long couple of years. And and I and I like Eric, but year two, I don't care what he says about jobs or crime or this number, that number. Year two was a complete disaster. So he's got to be happy this year is ending. And uh, hopefully 2024 is better for Eric because if it's better for Eric, it's better for all of us. But I do want to thank you for an amazing uh, 2023 uh, thank you for setting up this uh, also great love affair between me and Steve Bannon. I appreciate that. <laughs> and all the kind words you say to the president about me, too, and specifically what you do here on this show, this station, your beautiful wife, Z, your uh, beautiful daughter, Grace, your great mom, Donna Hanover, your great dad, Rudy Giuliani. You're a great kid, Andrew Giuliani, a terrific guy and a dear friend, and I thank you very much. Thank you, Sid. You know, the only problem I had with Trump's speech a couple of, a couple of weeks ago was not the fact that he mentioned you twice. It's that Danielle didn't get mentioned. Than you did. that, that was the only problem. I, I, I thought he would. I thought he would. In fact, when he brought up uh, Ina Vernikov on stage, I thought Danielle was going to be next. But Yeah, you got to watch out. You got to watch you, out. You know, you know who he did not mention at all during that speech was Lauren Boebert. Not one mention. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. That was, it, was, it, was uh, weird. it was interesting. Yeah, that was weird. I think she was upset. Anyway, I love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I know you'll be filling in for me next week. Thank you for that. And I'll see you in 2024, Handsome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And Merry Christmas to all the listeners out there. And I look forward to talking to you over the next week and the next year. All right. There he is, uh, the great Andrew Giuliani. Does a terrific job on this show every Friday. That wraps up our first two hours of today's show. We got big 9 o'clock hour coming up with Danny A. I got a new movie I'm going to shoot in Los Angeles. He's got the latest. And my mom, Naomi, makes her return at a huge 8 o'clock hour coming up with Joseph Takapina and the man who makes all this possible the great John Katsimatidis. Hour number three, coming up. You have to know him with the news. Sid and friends in the morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we vanish it.
one of my favorite Christmas songs ever. This is a um, a bunch of really good artists, kind of like um, that's what friends are for. Who's I know you haven't mentioned George Michael is on this album. Lewis, who else? One of your favorites, Brian Adams. No, he's a that's oh the that's USA. the other one, right? Right. Bono. Oh, Bono, yes. Um, George Michael. Did yeah. you say George Michael? I yes. did. Yes. The first voice is the toughest one to get. Well, who would that say? be? Paul Young. No kidding, Paul Young. Yes. I love him. Yes. Every time you go away from the great movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Right. Thanksgiving movie. Sting. Wow. Uh, what Bob, a cast. Bob Geldof wrote it. Yeah, Geldof. I know he wrote this one. Hey, talking about uh, Geldof is a genius. So is Don Katzmatidis. You know, Bill O'Reilly, I thought, did a really good job yesterday. When he thanked me and he thanked the station for a great 2023, he said it best. WABC was dead. I had no idea. What was going to happen to this station? No idea. Me and Bernard. And uh, John and Margot came in, and uh, they saved us, but didn't just save us, keep us going. Now the station has improved, I mean, dramatic results, dramatic results behind the great leadership of John. John, by the way, has two of his own great shows, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon alongside Rita Cosby, Cats and Cosby, and his show on Sunday morning, I'm telling you, that's got... That's got worldwide appeal. He dusts up on Sunday mornings on the Catch Roundtable. Forget about the New York Post. They play it in different countries. So here he is, not just Mr. Gristides and Mr. D'Agostino and all those great energy and oil companies, but the man who saved WABC and put us all on top, the great John Katzmatidis. Good morning, pal. Good morning, Sid. I tell you, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Uh, all of New York City is lit up, and uh, uh, my one of my favorite things is going and looking at the tree at Rockefeller Center, and and uh, I always wanted to take my kids to Radio City with the Rockettes and everything, and for the first ten years, my kids looked forward to it, and then and then I said, Daddy, do we have to do that again? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you went through that. <laughs> and, <laughs> True, uh, and, but uh, and and then last week, a couple of weeks ago, my daughter says, "I said, where are you going tonight?" She says, "I'm going to see the Rockettes." Oh my god! So go and figure that out. That's funny. That is funny. I can figure that out. AJ reminds me a lot of uh, Ava Rosenberg, to be honest. Yeah. I, all our daughters are pretty much the same, but but I feel the same way, John. You know, look, this is uh, and you highlight it every afternoon, like I beat it up every morning. This is a bad time for this city. And even politicians that you and I admit off air we like personally, you and I both admit on the air not doing a very good job, despite what they're saying. And it's not a great time for this city. But, but I will tell you this, going to light the menorah last week, going to this Christmas party in the city last night, there are still some beautiful events. People are still excited to walk the streets, whether it's Saks Fifth Avenue or certain spots on other spots on Fifth Avenue. It's still a, a beautiful place this time of year. You know what I can't figure out? You know, and I had Eric Adams, and we, we both of us like Eric Adams. He's a good, decent person. But I can't figure out why they are the, the city council, the assembly, they, they, have, they care more about the three and a half thousand, three and a half thousand uh, criminals in this city, then they care about the eight and a half million people that pay for everything in this city. And, and, and we, we all said it, and the commissioners, police commissioners said it, 
If you take three and a half million criminals off the street, and these are repeat criminals. I mean, they, they, they get out of jail. They, they do it in the next, the next hour. Forget about the next day. <laughs> and, 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 and if we took them, and some people are not meant to be with civilized people. You can't feel sorry for these people if they're repeat criminals. You can't feel sorry for them. You know, if they steal a loaf of bread because they're hungry, I could understand. But we need to come. This city needs to make a comeback and be, again, the safest city in the world. And I, I tell you, between me, you, Curtis, and, and all the gang, we must point out the politicians that are hurting this city. And there's too many of them. There's, there's too many, John. I mean, I mean, look at you at, at your stage of your life, right? You're in your 70s. God bless you. You're young. You're energetic. You remind me of Trump, quite frankly. He reminds me of you. Uh, you work hard every day, hours and hours and hours. You listen to the station all night long. You're in here early. You're running 10 different companies. But look, you, you know, you're not 30. You're not 40. Neither is Margo. And, and you certainly have made enough money. Thank God you've been a, a huge success. You got a beautiful building down in St. Petersburg, Florida. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous building. Are you going to tell me, John, there aren't certain moments or mornings you wake up, see what's going on in this city, and say, okay, I'm gone too, I quit? That doesn't happen to you? No. Never? I love New York, and we're going to win, and we're going to be, get back get back New York. Florida is good for four days. After <laughs> four days, you start to climb the walls. I mean, Florida is the most beautiful state in the Union. The yeah. beaches are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But after four days... How do you say it? Forget about it. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm the evidence of that. I lived in a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood in Boca Raton for 16 years. And as soon as Chad called me, I was at Kennedy Airport the very next morning. So I get it. I get the New York lore. It's still there. I mean, the energy here is still incomparable. No other place has it. But you're, they got to fix it, man. They got to. Are you confident, John? And I mean, this. are you confident? I want an honest answer. That 2024, which is less than two weeks away now, they will find a way to put us in the right direction at least. I think uh, it, it all depends on the federal elections in 2024. And I'm hoping that the American people are mad enough and they see the nonsense going on. When I was growing up, and I don't know, maybe you're, I'm a lot older than you, they used to have the Superman comics used to have the bizarro world. <laughs> We are now living in the bizarro world. I mean, it's crazy. You cannot believe what they're doing to this city. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, New York City, uh, New York outlawed slavery in, in, in 1817, I think. Why is the governor, you know, and I love her dearly. She's a nice lady. Why is the governor uh, doing, uh, you know, you want to pay back the, the slaves, the, uh, I, I mean, yeah, reparations. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I mean, we have no money as it is. I, I tell Caesar's world, watch out. Caesar had slaves. They're going to go down to Atlantic City and take down the statue of Caesar. <laughs> it's true. No, you're right. They've taken everybody else down. Washington, Jefferson, they, you know, Columbus, they keep trying. And, and it's going to happen. You're right. And, and it, is, it is shameful. I, I am not uh, as high on, on Kathy as you are, even as a person, but I don't know her as well as you do. Yeah, but she's, a, she's a very nice person. Yeah, I'm sure. Her, I'm sure. Her, her, but you can't. But, but you can't. was the U.S. attorney. Well, but you can't be doing this reparation stuff, John. First of all, we don't have the money. We don't have it. And second of all, then you've got to worry about every other ethnicity, race, and creed that has been persecuted over the years. 
Well, the Ottoman Empire went out went after the Greeks for four hundred years, right? Right. You know. right. What about your money? But I do want to ask you about uh, something more personal because in New York we have these discussions every day, and uh, based on your leadership and your want for all of us to tell the truth, that is why this station has blossomed. And when you look back now, John, at 2023, you, Margot, Chad, the whole crew, what are you most proud of, WABC? And, and with that said, what are you looking for in 2024? I am looking to double, like even it. double our successes of 2023. And uh, we, are, uh, we are doing what we're going to do. We're going to make WABC a worldwide station transmitting out of New York City, the capital of the world. And uh, that's our next move. But I got I to get certain things running right before we made the, make it a worldwide station and start transmitting regularly in Europe, etc. I love that. I love that. Now, what about, uh, and, and you can be honest, any plans for uh, simulcast? I know at one point you kind of joked around, I'm going to buy CNN. You know, people are still asking me, John. You know, when John said that on your show, you're still buying CNN. Any plans to do something like that or simulcast some of these shows, if not all, some type of uh, TV or video stream? Yes, but uh, we have, uh, you know, all the stations are dependent on Nielsen. And Nielsen, when we simulcast, doesn't give us credit but it's simulcast. Right, right. So it, I'll be hurting your I'll be hurting your rating. Right. And because the national advertisers, they 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 look at Nielsen as the uh, guardian of the advertising industry. That's you're, the problem. No, you're right. So and we they, have a meeting. Yep. We have a meeting in in January with Nielsen, and I'm going to try to straighten that out. Well, you should straighten that up because uh, it shouldn't uh, count against you. If anything, the more exposure, the better. But you're right. Right now, it actually does uh, count against you. Yeah, it makes no sense. So let me ask you this. One thing I did say to Eric Adams the other day, the other night, he said, well, arrests are down. Well, watch the words. Arrests are down. I said, said, Mr. Mayor, of course arrests are down. The police officers, you got got them tied up in knots. That's They're right. not arresting anybody. Correct. That's why arrests are down. Correct. The crime is up. What did he say to that? He didn't really say much. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. And I got to tell you, John, you know this because you were there last year for a short time. In fact, I remember walking in. You were walking out. It was the same night we lit the menorah together. The uh, Stephen Van Zandt policeman's ball last night. Every cop there asked about you and Margo. I swear to you, every cop, Paul Giacomo, all these guys, they love you. And they know how much you and Margot do for this city with the cops. They give me credit. You guys are above me. But you nailed it. These cops, they're just not going to do it because they just don't win. So those numbers well, are fake. Be, I wanted to be there last night. I think we did. We made a contribution from my foundation. And uh, the, the fact is uh, a funny thing happened to me on the way uh, after uh, the, the, the cold I had last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I developed pneumonia. Oh, you did? You ended up with pneumonia? I didn't even know that. Yes, that's why I didn't. That's why the doctor recommended I stay home. Oh, my God. Uh, so oh. I do something I never do. Stay are you home. Are you better now? Yeah, I'm a lot better. My oxygen level, which is usually 99, is not, you know, it's 98. And uh, I'm okay. I'm on some new antibiotics, and uh, I'll be okay over the weekend. 
Oh, my God, you sound great. I had no idea. I know you didn't feel well, but I had no idea it actually graduated to pneumonia. Thank well, God you're okay. You know. Oh, my God. Well, listen, uh, the holiday is three days away. You got Christmas. You got New Year's. You're feeling better. That's great. And I just want to speak on behalf of all of us here at WABC. I'm, I'm taking the authority to do that. I want to thank you and Margot for an unbelievable year in 2023. And all of us are looking forward to doing more great with and for you in 2024 so merry christmas happy new year to you and your beautiful family margo john jr and aj and i'll see you early in 2024 john thank you so much look forward and uh well i, I we're, we're the b team i'll be working all next week we'll be on uh, every day me uh uh, your buddy Curtis and Andrew Giuliani will be doing the morning show all next week. Oh, that's a great a show. That, no, that's not a B team. That's a great show. So thank you for doing that for me. I really do love you, John. You know that. I mean that. I'm sincere. I do love you. Thank you so much. Good luck next week, and I'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Take care of yourself. Have a great time. Thank you, buddy. There he is, the man. He's the man. He really is. Terrific guy. Huge heart. Huge heart. Host of Cats and Cosby, the Cats Roundtable. And for next week. One of the hosts of Sitting Friends in the Morning, Mr. WABC, John Katsimatidis. Still to come, Joe Takapina, Danny A., my mother, Naomi, with a New Year's message in the 9 o'clock hour, and the final week of the Tunnel to Towers season of hope. All that in the last 90 minutes. Keep it right here. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Here she comes. Walking down the street. You know, she's walking down the street. She's walking to come and see me. Cardinal Dolan on Boxing Friends right now. Kind of like him. I thank a bunch of people sending me such nice messages. Nice. New Year's messages this morning. I just got a message as I said that. 
from a guy that I met in August of 2023. He's a great actor. In fact, he made a movie together, and uh, Mitch Camarda made the movie. It was Peter Gordio, Armand DeSante, Jake Cannavale, and uh, Chance Palminteri's kid. I think I said Armand DeSante. His name is Craig DeFrancia. He is a terrific actor. We're going to do a lot of stuff together. So uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Craig. And I am amazed by your talent. Uh, Norman Seabrook with a nice message this morning. My buddy Charlie Marino. Bo Deedle. You know, people keep asking about Bo, and Bo's a busy guy. Bo's doing great. Had a great Christmas party last night, which, unfortunately, me and Lou couldn't get to because we had uh, we were honored at another party. But uh, we love Bo, and uh, Bo remains one of our best friends. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to the great Bo Deedle. Liz Pipko. Lizzie's done a great job on this show for us on and off all year long. And one of the reasons why I've gotten so close with Lara Trump, who I have to thank as well, Lara and her father-in-law, uh, is because of Liz Pipko. So thank you uh, thank you to her, too. Before the show is over, we've got so many other people to thank. But I forget them, so. I, I forget, um, what about, uh, what's her name? She used to do the news before Noam. Um, uh, Debbie. What? Oh. <laughs> Deb, Deb, Was that this year? When did she? When, when did she go? Was, they know if, what if, you. If you can't remember, it's not. That's fine. It's not significant. She enough. was. Uh, no, she was here this year. She she left in February. February. Mm-hmm. She left. You kicked her out. What do you mean she left? <laughs> she left. She yeah, left. Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving. Well, yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. a true statement. No, she, she did leave. Yeah. No one walked right no, in. I had but, nothing to do with it. Yeah. She just left. Well, I'm actually very thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful for Noam because Noam's the best news guy in the business. Despite and, who he kicks out. Well, well, he does that all the time. He's just, he, you know, he's ruthless, Noam. He's ruthless. <laughs> no, but he's great. I, I would even tell Ben Meverack. He's the best in the business. So uh, I'm very grateful for you, Noam. Yeah, I love him. That's rough. <laughs> Shut up, Noam. All right, we've got to take a break because uh, Taco Peter's coming up. <laughs> you just wanted to extend it so that I can play that. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Ron Duguay's girlfriend is Sarah Palin, and I love Sarah Palin. So he says, hey, uh, Sid, by the way, Sarah wanted you to see this. She said uh, his take on Israel is right on. Using his influence for good in the matter is appreciated. He had balls to get out there early and voice support. He did not wait to see which way the winds were blowing. Instead, he helped direct the wind, Sarah. So I'm going to talk to Dukes here because I love Dukes, and he's my favorite ranger ever, even ahead of Mark Messier. But I have a special place for his girlfriend, Sarah Palin, right about now. Doogie, what's going on, brother? Hey, good morning, Sid. Yeah, those were really kind words and accurate words from Sarah this morning because I'm talking to her. She's on her way to New York now. We're going to meet each other. She will be there at the ball. She's excited to see you.
said there, the beautiful, what a beautiful couple, Ron Duguay and Sarah Palin in attendance last night. Ronnie, one of the three honorees with Detective John and me at this beautiful Stephen Van Zandt policeman's ball. And he looked great in his velvet jacket. Sarah Palin looked beautiful as well. I, I took a picture. And I look great in this picture. Not good. Great. And I put it on Instagram and Facebook. It's me, Ronnie, and Sarah. Somebody wrote, what a great picture. Who would have thought you're the third prettiest of the bunch? Well, they're a good-looking couple and wonderful people. And Ronnie had a great speech last night, too. He was very, very nice to me in that speech. And I meant what I said, Dugay, my favorite Ranger, my next guest, who has season tickets for the Rangers. In fact, tomorrow night, me and my son Gabriel sitting in his seats for the Rangers and the Sabres. Yes, he's the world's best defense attorney in the world, Donald Trump's attorney, my attorney at one point. But he loves his Rangers. I'm not sure he uh, agrees with me or has the same feeling, Duguay being his favorite. But here he is, the great Joseph Tacopina. Good morning, Joseph. You know, you know exactly how to push my buttons this early in the morning. <laughs> I was screaming, screaming when you're saying Ron Duguay is your favorite Ranger ever over Mark Messier. Yeah. He's he, your favorite last night because you were There's no <laughs> way Ron Duguay. Well, let, let me say this. Let me say, more, I'll tell you why. Favorite Ranger of yours well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because, yes, Mess helped deliver the cup in 1994. But in my household, Joe, when I grew up, my father was my Little League coach for everything. And he was my sports guy, right? He was my baseball and football coach. My dad was not a winter sports guy. He didn't bottle the Knicks. He didn't bottle the Rangers. I started to bottle those teams, believe it or not, because of you guys at Poly Prep. You, Danny Bogliano, all you morons. And then, because you're Islander fans. Yeah. And so then... I became this rabid Ranger fan, and I remember rooting so hard in the early 1980s for Duguay, who had a 40-goal season in 1977, and those Ranger teams. But you guys were just better. We didn't have Bossy and Trottier and Gillies and Nystrom, and we lost every year. But Duguay was so good. So without Ron Duguay, I don't even follow Mark Messier in 1994. Yeah, you just liked his hair. I mean, come on. I did like his hair, yeah. Yeah. Dado, what's the other, Carol Alt or something? Yeah. Yes. Carol, oh, no, 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 no. K- Kim right. Alexis. Okay, okay. He well, married well, supermodel. Well, 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 uh, Carol Alt, I think, was with Alexi Yashin from the Islanders, I think. No, that was Greshner. She was Greshner. Oh, Greshner, that's right, yes. Roddy yes. Greshner, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. By the way, I'm glad you had a good time last night, but boy, did I catch heat at Bo Dito's party because you weren't there. I know. I mean, I know. Police Commissioner Eddie Caban and I were saying, are we going to wait for Sid, or are we just going to all night? How well, long you, know, you, know, you know what's funny? That, it's like he's coming. You know what's funny? Here I'm at the policeman's ball, right? So, Joseph, they've got the head of the DEA, Paul DiGiacomo. They've got the former police commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell. They've got every major outside of Kemper uh, at that party last night, and yet the police commissioner, who belonged with me, quite frankly, at the policeman's ball, is having dinner with you and Bo Deal. How do you make sense of that? Because he's a real guy. He's not a politician. <laughs> Eddie Caban was a great cop and a great guy. I love him, too. He became police commissioner. Yeah, I love and him then too. what happens is he becomes police commissioner, and he's still a great guy and a yeah. great cop. And no, I love him, too. I know so I do love he's Eddie. Just, yeah. He's a godsend, that guy. He's, he's the real deal. Um, and he's a great leader. So he's, I mean, Eddie Cabanza is a big No, guy. listen, he, he's a terrific guy. I told you after October 7th, I called him. I said, hey, Eddie, I'm the biggest voice in the city. He knows that. He loves this show. And I'm Jewish. And uh, my wife is afraid for me to go to work. It was five days after the attacks when they were calling for the global jihad. And I said, uh, hey, Eddie, my wife is nervous, me coming into the city. He said, 
What do you want me to do? I'll send I'll send cars to your house. I'll send cars. To, I swear to God, I'll send cars to yeah. the station. He didn't know what to do first, this guy. So I love him, too, uh, Eddie Caban. Yeah. But I want, I want to get to Trump because everybody knows, of course, you're Donald Trump's attorney on not one but two of his cases. But, of course, he consults you, as he should, on just about everything. What went down in uh, Colorado, Joseph, a couple of days ago, was that about as grotesque as an issue you've ever seen, ever? It's, it was, it's, you know, listen, here's what I want to say about this. And I'm not doing it as a partisan one way or another. Forget who I represent or don't represent. I'm doing it as an American, as, as someone who, like, really believes in the, the rule of law. I, I, you know, whether you love Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, this ruling, this Colorado Supreme Court decision is so offensive to the principles of American constitutional values. It's so offensive. You have, I mean, first of all, they, they just can't help themselves. They're going to put him in office. All the things they're trying to do to keep him out of office are going to put him in office. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's unbelievable because when you think about it, the steps they're taking to try and they're, – they're breaking constitutional you know, precedent yeah. by trying to keep him out of office. And they're only reinforcing conservatives' prior beliefs to push. And, and, and they're also persuading voters who may have been leaning away a little bit from the president – to go back to him, because what's, what just happened in Colorado is stunning to me. I mean, I believe that the Supreme Court's going to overturn this 9-0, not 8-1 to two, eight to one or 7-2, or 9-0. I think this, they're going to come down hard on this because you're taking away the citizen's right to determine the next president. And look, it would be different. They would have a different case who were convicted of a felony or convicted of the act of insurrection. Be different. They'd have a, a different type of argument there because there's been an adjudication, a fact-finding. There's been – who's the fact-finder that claims he su- su- supported an insurrection? Who, where has that fact been ever determined? Never, ever. So it's amazing to me that they would say he can't be on the ballot because he supported insurrection. He abated an insurrection. Yet there's been no finding that he ever did that. That's offensive as a lawyer yeah. that, that someone could be – you know, adjudicated guilty without having due process. All true. Excellent job, Joseph Tacopina. By the way, Bo Dito tells me that uh, the mayor who was rumored to maybe come to my party last night was also with you and uh, Bo and Eddie Caban and all those guys at Bo's party. Is that right? Yeah, but I would just mention the most important person, Romani Caban. But, yeah, the mayor was <laughs> yeah. there also. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, Bo, you know Bo. Bo is, he gets them all. You, was, uh, if I told what, you who was in that room... There are there, so you have the police commissioner, right? You have the right. mayor. Yeah. Then you have some people on the. I'm talking about the opposite side. Of the I understand. Side. I know who they are. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know who they like, are. It's like only there. Only there. Oh, by the way, they they, they, ha- they happen to be great people with a uh, uh, more with bigger moral aptitude than uh, than all the folks who act as if those people. You're talking. What about there was Charlie Gasparino there? You know, I didn't see Charlie. I saw Charlie. A few days ago, okay. and we, we were laughing about something, but I didn't see Charlie there last night. Joe Grano was there. Yeah. Um, what about Scaramucci? Like important people. Mike Zerbolo, the best. Yeah, Mike is a great guy. What about, uh, what about the, was Anthony Scaramucci there? I didn't see Scaramucci. No, I didn't no. stay for the whole thing. When I found out you weren't coming, I was sort of. You left, right, of course. Everybody my, did. I took the air out of my, my, my <laughs> balloon, so I left. But. But when, you know, so I don't know. I didn't do. I didn't uh, say until very late. You are funny. So is uh, is Vin Diesel going to prison for the rest of his life? It's not even that. Oh my God! You know, you know. Here we are again. Here we are again. It's 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 
you know, said, I just don't know what to make of this anymore. It's, first of all, it's not charged criminally. And people always blur those lines. When someone makes a, an allegation of sexual assault rate 13, 20, 40, 50 years in the case of Stephen Tyler later, um, people think that's a crime. And they're not being charged with a crime. And, and no one ever brings these cases to the police. This, this is, look, I don't know what happened in that hotel room 13 years ago with someone that was employed by Vin Diesel for nine days. I don't know. <laughs> I do know that this allegation was never raised before to anyone, to anyone, and it was never brought to his attention. But 13 years later, when it seems like it's just okay to say, hey, 44 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, this guy grabbed my, my butt, you know, and I didn't ask him to and I didn't want him to, and now I need millions of dollars because I've not been right since then. And and no one's ever – and God forbid you, you challenge that allegation – you're now victimizing yeah. the victim again. Yeah. Who, who hasn't been adjudicated Crazy. victim? We're back right. to that same story, Nonsense, right? right. It's just to me, it's unbelievable. You want, you know, if it really happened, if it really happened, go to the police. Go to the police and make the allegation. Because you know right. what happens when you go to the police? They do an investigation. Sure. It's not a civil suit where some lawyer files a suit in court and says, we need $15 million to be made whole, $5 million, one million, whatever it is. It, it Go to the police where they do a real investigation and see if there's evidence to corroborate a 13-year-old claim that's never been raised before. It's it's every week now. Look, look, you know, a P. Diddy, right? I mean, that poor guy. Well, I don't, you know, whatever happened, happened. Again, I'm, I wasn't there. But he had a case that was filed against him, and he settled a day later, which, legally speaking, strategically, I don't know if that was the best thing to do. It was if, stupid. If, it was if stupid. You if you're going to resolve the case, you resolve it before they file the lawsuit, right. not one day after. Right. Because when you resolve the case one day after they file the lawsuit, the floodgates open. And yep. sure enough, yep. Yep. this guy's now being hit. Every woman he ever met is suing him. And, and it seems like the only way to overcome that is to take one to trial because you can't – because now he's a, he's, a, he's a pinata. He's just a pinata. Yeah. And, yep. and, again, I am not – not minimizing the claims of sexual assault or the acts of sexual assault. They're horrible things that happen. I was a sex crimes prosecutor, Sid, for a while, as you know. It's, it's horrible. What I don't like is when things arise for the first time 15, 20, 30 years later, yep. first time an allegation is made, and it's not done to the police or law enforcement or real investigations that happen. It's done through a civil lawyer asking for money, and there's no corroborative evidence. How do you defend a charge like that? How do you defend it? And now Vin Diesel, no matter what happens here, is this is what he's going to be remembered yep. for. And uh, I have a problem with that. Me too. Final 60 seconds, Joseph. And uh, before I get to the final 60 seconds, I want to thank you. I mean, you've been my friend for uh, 46, 47 years, not just a friend, a brother, my best friend. And uh, you do an amazing job of this show. I love when you're on. So does Danielle. So do all my listeners. So I want to thank you for an amazing, amazing year of appearances. And really starting the ball rolling with this relationship between me and President Trump. That started with you on your trip to Mar-a-Lago. But I did uh, see a letter that you sent me earlier this morning from an old poly prep friend of ours. And all this is directed towards your beautiful grandson, Theo, who, if he's not here now, is coming in from London over the next couple of days. Tell me about that. Yeah, Harold Therer, who is an accomplished children's book author and a former Poly alum, is a big fan of your show, Sid. So, Uh you know, Harold, I knew the name. He was way before me, so I didn't, you know, way before us, so we didn't really know him. But, but, um, you know, he listened to your show, sent me this beautiful letter about his you know, one of his books, he has this, this award-winning book, this Mom's Choice award-winning book called Hey, Dad, Let's Have a Catch. 
And he oh. sent it to Theo signed and said, look, I thought this would be particularly, you know, uh, enjoyable for your for your grandson, Theo. And he wrote the letter because he's a big fan of yours. They listened to the show. So Harold, who is this, a really accomplished author, was sent over this book with a beautiful note. Nice. And it's really, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's amazing the reach of your program and, and how many people you touch and how many, when I was at Boston last night, again, so many people, you know, came up to me and whatever they know my cases and things of that nature and see me on TV, but a lot, almost all of them reference you and us and our relationship and the way oh. we do our thing here. And it was it was really nice to see. Too bad you weren't there. I know. Um, but, but Nick Pal- <laughs> but, but, but Bo wasn't stopped texting me. Nick Paleggi, Judge Toros, the guy from Godfather of Harlem. So you yeah, had a lot of very... Yeah, they're all there. <laughs> they're all there. It's not me. Uh, listen, I love you to pieces. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Your beautiful wife, Trish, all your children, your grandson, Theo. And again, I want to thank you for uh, for 46 years of an amazing friendship, but for all you do for this program. We really love you here, Joseph. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. Love Take care. Too. Joseph Tacopino right there. That wraps up uh, our number three. Season of Hope coming up was two big guests. Danny A. Oh, knows him. Got a new movie coming out. We're going to start filming that in Los Angeles in January, but he's got a movie that hits Netflix Monday, Christmas Day, and my mom, Naomi, she makes her return today as well. Final hour of 2023, about to come your way. Sit-in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And you won't just be gone. And so this is Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas now just three days away. And, of course, this is also our final Friday, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation season of hope. We've done this now, the last, including this one, the last five consecutive Fridays. Work that I'm very proud that uh, I do on this station, the whole station does. And another John and Margo, by the way, beautiful Christmas gift. Thank you, John and Margo. I've never worked at a radio station where the bosses actually hand out Christmas gifts. That's the truth. FAN didn't do that. Then we got a ham one year or something. I don't know. I may have given us one bonus, but not the station. So thank you to John and Margot. A lovely, lovely Christmas gift. You got it too, Lewis. It's nice. Very nice. Very really nice. nice. So thank you, John and Margot. Wow. And, of course, uh, you. you know, they're, they're very close with Frank Siller like I am, you know. And we want you to donate just $11 a month. That's it. 
That's pennies a day, less than a dollar a day. It's like 30 cents a day, cents, to make sure some of our first responders and catastrophically injured and folks who lost their spouses, whether it was Iraq, Afghanistan, a cop on the street, make sure their mortgages are paid off. And for the folks that were injured badly, they can use stuff in their home, which we take for granted. All you got to do is donate 11 bucks a month. That's it. You can go to T, the number 2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. And you're going to hear from three different amazing people coming up this hour in the final hour of Season of Hope, including Scott Abrams, who I met at the DEA dinner. He's a terrific guy. Uh, the uh, wife of Sergeant Dale Beatty. Uh, that would be Belinda, I believe. And uh, also the wife of police officer Jesus Manuel Cordova. But I promised you guys, you keep asking me, where's Naomi? Where's your mother? She's become kind of a cult hero, if you will, my mom. And she has not been on for a couple of weeks. She's doing great. She's fine. But she's busy. She's got grandchildren, children running two places. Got a lot to do, Naomi. But she listens every day. She's up 6 a.m. listening to her son every day. She loves all my pictures and all the stuff about President Trump. And she does want to deliver quickly a Christmas, New Year's message to, as she likes to say, her listeners. So with that said, here she is, who I love dearly, my mom, Naomi. Hi, Mom. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Ferris Rosenberg. First, let me, I'll be quick, quick, quick. A wonderful year, a wonderful 2023. You have just given all of us, all your fans, all of my fans, all of our brethren, everybody, just a wonderful year of terrific dialogue, important people that you associate with, the most wonderful, wonderful time of my life to hear my son five days a week, every day, saying the most incredible, wonderful things. With that said, to my Jewish brethren, Thank you, Hashem slash God, all you have done for me, including keeping my two boys, Harry and Albert, safe from a trying time. To my Christian brethren, I beg of you, Jesus Christ, to help them through this year. I beg all of my fans, all of Sidney Ferris's people, all of us, please, please go vote. Vote Donald J. Trump. Get him in. Get that creature out of the White House. Do some big things this year. 2024 has to be our year. Bring America back. Trust us. Give our people their due, what they deserve. Please, I beg all of you, all of your listeners, all of the listeners, 77 WABC, I beg all of you, call, go to the vote. Go to vote. Go to the vote. Go vote, John J. Trump. You know, uh, I yes, I agree with you. So so quickly, you know, we um, told this story many times when I was a kid, and even when I was a uh, teenager and an adult, you and Daddy used to put on the best Christmas Eve party in Brooklyn, and it was filled with Gaim. I mean, the, they would come and they would leave and go to midnight mass, but Jews, non-Jews, everybody loved the Rosenberg Christmas party. The adults upstairs, the piano player, my friends with Jerry Rocco DJing downstairs, and it was just um, an unbelievable party. And then we'd open gifts the next morning because you and Daddy would get this big, beautiful, natural Christmas tree. We'd spend a whole night decorating it like two weeks before. So for folks that are so pro-Israel and so Jewish, we did have a good time on Christmas. But I remember one year, Daddy bought you a new car. 
an AMC patient out. No, he's young. So if I scroll through the uh, specifics, Mom, you can correct him here. I think Daddy buys you a brand-new car, and I believe he left the keys in the ignition outside to go inside to get you to go out and show you your new Christmas gift. And when you got out there, the car was gone. Somebody stole it. Is that true or is that uh, Rosenberg Urban 100% Legend? 100% correct. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. He was well-meaning, but somebody else had other plans. But we got it back. We got it back. <laughs> Because you couldn't, you couldn't deal with Daddy, you know. Yeah. Daddy must be looking at you and, and smiling, Sidney Ferris. He has to be so happy. He waited for this day for you and your success, and now he's saying it. We have to believe that. If yeah. we don't believe that, Sidney, we have no, I know, nothing. I know. This we time must- of year, this time of year especially, I miss uh, Daddy because of the uh, and all I the great miss times. our Christmas party. Yeah. I really do. I wish I was there doing my. Chicken rollatine and my yeah. lasagna and my sausages and all my goodies for after our guests coming home from midnight mass. Come and eat and feast and drink and party with the piano playing and daddy blowing his horn in the living room. All the good memories, Sydney. It's a tough time for me, but I'll get through it because I have you. I have you to listen to next oh. year, 2024, on a Monday morning, and I will be there listening to my wonderful, successful son. And my prayers and my love to my beautiful Danielle and my Gabriel and my Ava and all of you that give me life and give me hope, all of your aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, if not for them, I have nothing. And with that, I don't want to take your time. I know you said you pressed for time. But I had to share this. I beg all of our listeners, please go vote John, Donald J. Trump. I'm begging all of you, please. It's our only hope. Otherwise, we'll be in the dump <laughs> where we are now. Get rid of the creature in the White House and all his little bugs. Get rid of them once and for all. Get them out of there and give us back our beautiful White House. Come on, Donald. Come on. Let's see you in there. Changing everything. Only for good. We love him. We love him, Sydney. We love him. No, we do. And I love you. You, uh, you're, you're a lot of fun on this show, Mom. People really do love you. They love you. Not like I love you, of course, but they love you. And uh, thank you for coming on this morning. That was a beautiful message of hope and love for me and uh, for our fans, as you like to say, and our listening audience. I love you, Mom. I love you a lot. Thank you so much. I love you and have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Kisses and hugs to everybody. Come on, folks. Get out there and vote. Trump, Trump, Trump. I love you, Sidney Ferris. God watch you. I love you Bye-bye. too, Mom. All right. There she is. Uh, my mom, Naomi Rosenberg. And every time she comes on, she makes me cry. I, I can see why. Well, this is a tough one. I mean, you know, my father was just a, um, he was fun, my dad, you know. And uh, the Christmas party, he was just, he loved it. He just loved it. You know, we have these uh, friends. Christmas party started 7.30 every year. And I was a little boy. I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. Big Christmas tree, all the gifts. And my little baby sister, Elizabeth, who's now married with kids and living in Parkland, Florida, we were were babies, you know. But we were allowed to stay up till 10 o'clock. And then this is when we were very young. As I got older, of course, I, I ran that party with my father. But I remember we had the same two guests that always show up at 7 o'clock. The party was 7-30, Quentin Road, Brooklyn, New York, every year. And the same couple, and they said, look, there's 300 people. That's true, folks. 
300 people in this house. We want a chance to talk to Naomi and Harvey and the kids before they start coming. So they would show up at 7 o'clock. Vic and Dolores Zapin. Their real name was Zapinski. And if you're a Howard Stern fan, you know the name Ross Zapin, and he's their son. And Vic and Dolores would show up every year at 7 o'clock. They're gone, too. And You know, my wife actually took our wedding video, which was on VHS. We'll be married 32 years this June. And uh, she found some company out there that takes VHS, VHS tapes and makes them uh, digital, you know. So you can watch an old VHS tape on your television, on your phone, all that. And I watched it yesterday as I was getting ready for the event last night with Danielle and Gabe. And while it was really great seeing um, all my nephews and nieces, they were little kids, now they're parents. It was sad, man. Because every other person were like, oh, my God, they're dead, including my dad. So anyway, that's what life does for you, folks. I don't want to bring the party down because it is Christmas and it is New Year's. And my mom is a lot of fun, but it's not the same without my pop. All right. We uh, will take a short break. We'll come up. uh, We'll come back. I should say Danny A is still going to stop by. Spend your last 37 minutes with us as we wrap up 2023. On sitting friends in the morning. I miss you, Dan. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Little Joe Cocker for you, my man Joe Cocker. Little help of my friends, the Wonder Years. You can see a young, it wasn't Fred Brandy, he played gopher. What was this? Fred Savage. Savage. In his New York Jet Letterman jacket. Wonder Years, Joe Cocker. Didn't say this is the day he passed Joe Cocker. His heavenly birthday, yeah. yeah. Yes. I like Joe Cocker. Yeah. He did that. a great job at Woodstock, too. Great job. Yep, got everybody going. He sang this one. You know that, right? I know. Yes. Yeah. I was there. You were not there. I, I, it was possible I could have it been It is there. possible. You're old enough and you do enough drugs. What? Hello. Okay, so was that two out of four, two out of three things I got? I don't know. <laughs> I do want to thank, before we get to... Um, my dear friend Danny A., who I keep saying, and I mean this, is the best young talent in Hollywood today. Writer, director, producer, actor, he does it all. He's a genius. You know, he made two movies at the same time a couple of years ago. I was in one, Inside Man, 
But at the same time, he made this great movie, The Engineer. It's a must-see, and it comes out on Netflix Monday. And we're making a new movie uh, starting next month. I'll get to that in a second. But I want to thank the guys and girls that are on this show weekly. I've thanked a lot of people today. But uh, the weekly guest, which Lowry, every Monday morning, uh, every Tuesday. Who do we do on Tuesdays? I forgot already. My God. It used to be Bo Deedle, of course. We love Bo. Um, well, we don't really have a, a regular Tuesday no, guest. No. Oh, Rudy Giuliani. Curtis, Rudy. No, Mayor Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Right. Uh, Wednesdays, the great Congressman Peter, Peter King. King. Thursdays, uh, Judge Napolitano, and, of course, the great Bill O'Reilly. Fridays, Andrew Giuliani and Joseph Tacopina. And, yes, Curtis Sliwa every day. That's a heck of a regular guest list. That's without all these other guests we get. Donald Trump, Eric Adams, Dan Yeh. Pretty good. It's a good starting uh, seven, eight uh, roster. That ain't bad right there. 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 That ain't bad. At Fuller Point Guard from (laughs) the University of uh, Curtis Lee. Uh, I like it. Gabe, you going to be in Brooklyn tonight for the Nets and the Nuggets. And then uh, me and Gabe tomorrow night, Madison Square Garden. Thanks to Joe Tacopino, Rangers and Sabres. And then the big one, Monday afternoon, Christmas Day, hottest ticket in town. Knicks and Bucks. I'm sitting right there with Steve Sharippa and uh, who else is there? I mean, obviously Spike Lee and those degenerates. Tracy Morgan will be right there Monday afternoon, me and Gabe. So, okay. so Happy Christmas, Ghostface Killer. Yes, right next to that's right. And I know <laughs> Breen will be doing that game, so that'll be fun. Bang! Yep, yep. So thank you to the, uh, the regulars, and you'll all be back, of course, in 2024. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Danny used this at the end of Inside Man. What a great song. Before I get to Danny, I came home last night with my beautiful wife, Danielle, from that great little Stephen Van Zandt event. And there's a kid sitting in my kitchen slash family room watching Wolf of Wall Street with my daughter, Ava. Turns out this kid's name is Joseph. And he's been a friend of my daughter's for years here in New York. Actually, he lives in New York City. But he's leaving on January 2nd to go to Israel. And he's joining the IDF. He's a sweet kid. I mean, I must have thanked him. I was tired. Got home at 1030. I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I must have thanked him 10 times last night. So I'm not sure if Joseph or Ava is even listening right now. But if he is or they are, we all wish Joseph the best of luck. And somebody who could really appreciate joining the IDF, being he is Israeli, as well as being one of the great, if not the best, Young talent in Hollywood today, writer, director, producer, actor, is my friend Danny A. In fact, last time he was on, he was on talking about Israel. Now he's got some news on one of his great movies. Danny A, live from California. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, Sid. How you doing? Good morning. 
Good morning to you, and uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year to you, your beautiful wife, and your newborn child. In fact, 2023 was a huge year for you, Daddy A. Oh, yes. The greatest day of my life. My son, Noel, was born March 1st. Uh, We got two movies that came out, but unfortunately, with all that, you know, there's been obviously hard times, tragedy with October 7th. And it's it's been an interesting year. Yeah, well, be, even before well, even before October seventh, I mean, our timing sucked because you made these two unbelievable movies, and I was fortunate enough to be in one, Inside Man, and The Engineer, and it all was about to come out right during the actor strike. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. We couldn't promote the movies because of the SAG strike, and uh, but they did great. And now the great news is. The SAG strike is over, and my movie, The Engineer, that you were not in, you were an inside man, um, is going to come out on Netflix on Monday, Christmas Day. It's a huge win. It's an exciting time, and uh, I'm so happy to be able to promote it. Uh, And that's why I wanted to come on and talk about it a little bit and talk about the new movie that we're about to do that you're going to be in. Well, I'm excited about that, but I do want to get back to The Engineer for a second because I wasn't in that one, but... A guy that I really like, he's a great actor, too, like you, is Emil Hirsch. And uh, Emil was in both. He was in Inside Man. He's also in The Engineer. Now, for folks that don't know, they know Inside Man was about the Gemini Lounge in Brooklyn. They don't know maybe what uh, The um, the Engineer is about. Emil's a great actor. So are you. What exactly is that movie about? So The Engineer is a true story about the biggest manhunt in the history of Israel, looking for a terrorist, a Hamas terrorist, who was one of the founders of Hamas, by the name of Ichi Ayash. In the 90s, 95, he was responsible for building all the bombs that uh, the suicide bombers were using to um, kill themselves and, and, and civilians in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, all over Israel. And, uh, and Israel's biggest manhunt was looking for him, and they finally got him. Uh, early 96, January 5th, uh, 1996. The movie just follows the, the manhunt, and uh, it's exciting uh, that that people are going to get to see the movie, especially in these hard times now, and see what people uh, are dealing with in Israel mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Yeah. And um, yep. a perfect day, perfect day. Job. We yeah. shot it in Israel. Wow. We shot the movie in Israel last year, uh, and it's exciting, yeah. It comes out the perfect day because a lot of us are home on Christmas Day and looking for something to do. And you shot the movie, like you said, in Israel. And, you know, 27 years later, right, they got that guy, according to you, in the movie in 1996. 27 years later, Hamas, stronger than ever, carried out those brutal attacks on October the 7th. So you talk about – it's pretty unbelievable, Danny. i got to give you credit. I mean, you made this movie, The Engineer, uh, two years ago when we made Inside Man all last year. And now October 7th happened, so in terms of timing, talking about the terrorism history between Hamas and Israel, the timing is actually perfect. I know. It's really interesting. You know, when I did this movie, I wanted to make a movie and shoot it in Israel. My family was there, my wife um, and my kid. And I I was looking for the best story that I can tell, something that, that I, I, uh, I've heard of, before was the Ichiyayash story. He was this brilliant engineer, and he used his brilliance to build these bombs and create, you know, chaos in Israel. 
um, not knowing that it's going to be so relevant right now. You know, I did another movie uh, that I shot this summer in Slovakia and Israel about the Holocaust, a true story, Bardajov, uh, a town in Slovakia that is going to come out in March. I sold it uh, to Gravitas, and that will come out exciting. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate uh, situations, but the the, 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 the time and, and the timing on all of it is yeah. just so current, and I'm, and I'm happy that, that the world's going to get to see it and understand it and be educated by it. Um, yeah, it's really, really uh, exciting for people to be able to see it, but obviously hard. Right, right. Both it's exciting and hard. And, you know, the uh, I look back, Danny A., at the stories that were 2023 this morning. And, look, uh, the attacks on Israel October the 7th is the last three months. You're talking about the last quarter of this year. That's all we talked about. And you've been on this show talking about it. You did a very nice gesture for me on this show. You introduced me to your friend Nate Buzz, who's a really good actor. And uh, he came on, and I know he spent uh, about a month in Israel. He went and, and never went home. He was exhausted when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. So uh, you live this every day. You're acting friends, your friends, your family. I believe your wife is from Tel Aviv, yes? Yes, my wife is from Israel, Beersheva. She's there now. I'm going to go on the first flying to see her for a week before I come back to shoot our movie. Uh, so I'm going to spend a week there and get to see it up oh, front. And uh, awesome. and uh, it's it's been crazy. You know, today I wake up and I read the news about, you know, Israel asked, you know, everyone in the world is screaming ceasefire, ceasefire. Israel agrees to a ceasefire for a week to to release 40 hostages and Hamas turned down. You know, so, you, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just unbelievable, uh, the misinformation and and, and uh, the propaganda that is happening um, and then something that we deal with every day, you know, and something that I'm very passionate about. And I feel like, again, I always said, I said it last time on your show, and I say it again, education is key. People really need to understand and, and find the truth because all this misinformation on TikTok and social media is, is not helping anyone. Um, so, so if I have to say anything is educate yourself, understand the truth, read and understand what's happening. Again, everyone's asking for a ceasefire. There are people protesting for a ceasefire. Israel agrees to a ceasefire. Hamas goes, I mean, you know, what, what more can we say? No, you what can't. You can't say anything else. I mean, by the way, I don't even know how many of these hostages are still alive. That may be part of the problem with Hamas agreeing because, God forbid, I really believe in my heart of hearts, a lot of these people are already dead. They've got nothing to offer. And the ones that are alive went through such horrific times, they don't want to give them back. So I don't know what the future of these poor hostages are, the ones that are alive. But you're right. Israel was willing to do it. Hamas was not. Now, talking about educate, you educated a lot of New Yorkers about a very, very famous Brooklyn bar called Gemini Lounge in the movie The Inside Man. Another, another major story a couple decades ago right here in New York involved two police officers that turned out ended up being button guys, hitmen for the mob. That's right. They were mob cops, Caracappa and Epolito. And that is the next movie we're about to shoot in a couple of weeks, Daddy, in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we're telling the story. Uh, we, the movie's called On the Take. Uh, we changed everyone's names, obvious for obvious reasons. Uh, but it does tell the story of the two most corrupt cops in the history of the mob. They became hitmen. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited that we're putting the band back together. We're getting the band back together. You're coming on. It's exciting news. You know, we casted David Arquette 
in one of the leads. We have Kevin Conley from Entourage. And your friend Nate is going to be in the movies playing oh, good. a detective called Polino. Nice. The great Sid Rosenberg is in it. We got the great <laughs> Bo Deedle coming back. Jeremy Luke is coming back. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we're very, very excited. We're going to start shooting next month. Um, you know, I, you know, going back to work and trying to stay active and busy is, is the only way I can deal with what's going on right now. I have to go see my family in Israel uh, next week. And uh, when I'm back, I'm excited to see you all on set. Um, me too. No, me too. It's going to be great. Time. You know, yeah. the, engineer, the engineer coming out on Netflix on Christmas Day is such a huge win. But most importantly, it, it's important that people will get to see this movie. You know, the movie did great on VOD. People got to see it, but now Netflix is obviously the biggest yeah, platform. Huge, yeah, it's huge. And uh, and I'm happy that you got me. You uh, let me come on and and promote it, and and excited for people to see it. Netflix uh, Christmas Day, check it out. Check it out, folks. The engineer Netflix Christmas Day, Daddy. You have a uh, safe trip to see your beautiful family in Israel. I know you just had a very happy Hanukkah. Have yourself a very happy New Year. 2023 had its ups and downs, but 2024 is going to be great, and it starts great because we get to see each other early January filming our next movie. You're awesome. I love you. Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, Sid. Happy New Year to everyone. See you in L.A. All right, buddy. That's that's a date, Danny. A, everybody. And again, check out his movie. It's a great movie. It's called The Engineer. You're going to love it, and it comes out Christmas Day on Netflix. We'll do our final goodbyes and get ready for 2024. Right after this. Life is funny. Skies are sunny. Bees make honey. Who needs money? No more for me.
Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Christmas. Christmas. It's coming, folks. Christmas. Three more days. Christmas 2023. I want you folks to enjoy it, man. Grab your family members and friends, whoever you're celebrating with. Be happy. Just find a way to be happy. All the misery going on in this city, in this state, in this country, in the world. Just remember, folks, there's some lonely hostage somewhere in a cave right now in Gaza. Just remember that. You talk about being unlucky. That's unlucky. Whatever issues you're going through today, and I've got issues. Everybody's got issues. There's some lonely hostage in a cave in Gaza right now. So I'm going to spend the next 10 days enjoying my family and being grateful because I have a lot to be grateful for during this holiday season, Christmas and New Year's, especially my guys on this show. I can't say enough. You know, when Bernie passed away, a lot of folks wrote us off. A lot of folks wrote us off. Ah, Sid's done. And, um, well, we've done better. (laughs) And not because you don't love and miss Bernie. He was a tremendous person, a good talent, terrific talent, but a great guy. But you guys work your asses off. You really do. Lewis, and you become the perfect sidekick on this show. Not good, not okay, not great, perfect. Justin, you're here on Godly Hours. I come in, a lot of work's done already, and I'm here before 5 every morning. A lot of work is done already. And knowing the job that you do from 5 to 6 every morning on your own show, believe it or not, serves as a lot of preparation for my show. That's how good you are. And you're great on this show Providing detail as well, so thank you. The listeners, I uh, get choked up, but the song does that to me, but what can I tell you? We're not number one without each and every one of you. 2023 was a year we won't forget soon. A lot of downs, but on this show, a lot of ups too. And we look forward to being with you again every morning in 2024. John, Margot, Chad, Emily, all you guys, thank you so much. From all of us on Sid and Friends in the Morning, to all of you, have yourselves a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we'll all talk to you again in 2024. We'll see you, folks.